Hello, my fellow Brappentonians, and welcome to Brap Talk. This is a weekly podcast where we discuss the happenings of the motorcycle industry. I am your host, Jensen Beeler, and joining me on this two-wheeled adventure is the flying spaghetti monster of the motorcycle industry, <laughs> Mr. Shaheen Alvandi. This is pretty much the only reason I do this podcast anymore, I think. I just I look forward to what you have to say every week. It makes me so happy. May his noodly appendage grace you, my son. <laughs> Watch out for my noodle. It is wild. It is al dente. It is, mm. some would say, just the right amount of salty and delicious. I was, uh, I mean, I fell into like one of the crevasses of the, uh, of the internet and I was researching, uh, researching, loosely using the word research. <laughs> I want to see what your internet research looks like. Researching, mm, probably not the correct word to use. I was engrossed <laughs> with people that wear spaghetti colanders on their heads. Wait, what? For their DMV picture, citing their religious beliefs as pastafarians. This is a thing? So you're familiar with the Pastafarian movement, yes? I, maybe, I am maybe, now. <laughs> maybe, so, so a quick ex- explanation for our listeners. The the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster is a, <laughs> let's call it a, let's be fair, let's call it a quasi-religious <laughs> counterpoint. And it's basically this guy who just created this kind of... It's a tax haven, isn't it? it? It's, it's basically to mock like formalized religions and, and some of the nonsense that that they get away with in let's say our local governments. Right. And so he kind of made it as a farce and it's kind of like gained traction. It started with like a, I believe it was like a local school board issue. I'm trying Wait, to remember what, state what it was. Is this in? I want to say California. Of course. I yeah. mean, that's fine. I might be wrong. God, that's the best. My, my, really my is. research didn't go that far. <laughs> Quote unquote research. But it's kind of funny because it's, it's, it's been really kind of, taken hold of by let's say the atheist movement oh that's what it was it was he started it because his school district wanted to teach intelligent design uh-huh. alongside evolution which he opposed so he created this church of the flying spaghetti monster and wanted to teach the pastafarian view of evolution <laughs> alongside intelligent design and evolution. that's amazing citing his own you know religious beliefs as a pastafarian and so it was kind of like this critique on the intelligent design of the yeah, it's the flying spaghetti monster. The flying spaghetti his, monster. His noodliness. His noodliness. <laughs> oh, man. I am so happy right now. You know what? Forget motorcycles. We're going to just talk about this today. <laughs> <laughs> it's intriguing. It's yeah, intriguing. motorcycles. Great. Uh, tell me more about this pasta monster. So so what part of the galactic arm is he from? So is um, he, like, is there any... Um, holy meatballs. <laughs> holy meatballs, Batman. But they've got the little... You know how like, you have like the the... There's the Christian fish that you see on cars, right? And then there's like the Darwin fish with the feet, right? So then there's a Pastafarian one that's like a like a little alien with pasta noodles, and it says FSM in it. My jaw is a gap, a gape. It's a whole thing. You you can lose hours of your life, like <laughs> I amazing. did today, researching. I, I think this. it's a religion I can get behind. I mean, as, as someone who loves to cook, and you know, I I, mm. I pride myself in my cooking prowess, or as I like to tell people, I boil a mean water. Um, man, that'd be amazing. Like. Sunday or whatever the the day is of worship, you got to bring in like pasta bolognese or fettuccine alfredo or <laughs> just just a quick preview. We're gonna get to something in, in a little bit later in the show where I make the mistake of asking for a dish in Milan, oh. thinking it was a bolognese, and got a very stern talking to from an old Italian gentleman on how this was not a bolognese. What? All Italian did not understand a word of it, other than he was very upset. Was there a mustache? Do you have a mustache? Come on, please. 
He might have. Oh man, if he had a mustache and a top cap, I think cap, he had like the 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 Hulk Hogan mustache kind of thing going on in Italy. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It was, it was a weird day, man. It was a weird day. <laughs> That's not Bolognese, brother. Brother, that's what he was saying. Put a hurt on you. <laughs> that's Fettuccine Alfredo, brother. Mm. I would just like to raise my hand and say that I think it's a little awkward that Hulk Hogan, one, got tr- got kind of caught for having sex with his buddy's wife while he watched. Wait, so how are you in trouble with that? Well, oh, wait, his wife. Well, because Gawker published all this nonsense and then he sued them, and it was actually a huge. Like in media, this is a huge case. Wow. Uh, on on First Amendment, what you can publish defamation it's 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 actually pretty chilling uh, from a first amendment perspective we could we could do a whole podcast on that wow but like in the aftermath of that he ended up because he got divorced from his wife and now he's like no i don't know if he's still dating her but he's dating a woman who was literally like within a year of his daughter's age i was gonna say you're using the word woman very very loosely here and looked exactly like his daughter and you're just kind of like hey man like you were kind of one of my childhood heroes and your shit's getting weird really Did quick. You just get back to wrestling and ripping really your shirt quick. off and pointing at the camera very, very aggressively. Even now, I'm not even comfortable with it because then he started like bleaching. He did like yeah. the striped bleach thing where it was like white and brown. It yeah. was weird. He's oh, weird yeah, that's dude. right. He had that weird like uh, when it was like NWO years. Uh, NWO. What did NWO stand for? New World Order. Uh, that, that, that sounds right. Oh. I believe you. I don't. I, I didn't watch it. I never got into wrestling. That was that was that was after me. That was after my time when I when I was into wrestling. In again, into wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine you doing a backyard brawl. No. You got tables set up. You're jumping off. I think I had some action figures, but I, I was kind of into it, but I wasn't like that into it. But what when was I, your favorite move? I don't know. We call it the Beeler Suplex. I really liked. Um, uh, oh, what's his name? The hacksaw, Jim Hacksaw Duggett. That was one of them. The Undertaker. I was a big Undertaker fan. No, not the Undertaker. Sorry, the Warrior, who later changed his name to Warrior in real life. Oh, like that's his license? Driver's license? Like his legal name. Uh, He died a couple of years. Mr. Warrior. Just Warrior. Warrior. Just Warriors. Come out and play. Yeah, he passed away a couple years ago. Oh, I shouldn't make fun. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Dick. Damn it. Uh, Under the Giant. I wasn't like a big Under the Giant fan during that time. But later, after like, there's a HBO documentary about him. Really interesting. You're like, oh wow, you're like the nicest dude in the world. Yeah, I was gonna say if you didn't like Andre the Giant, you probably didn't have a heart. Yeah, I mean, you watch him in Princess Bride. Ugh, he's just he's just a big teddy bear. It's not my fault. I'm the strongest. I don't even work out. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody want a peanut? I love that movie a lot. And he's French. I know. Which kind of I got. I guess Andre kind of tips it off. I didn't really know that until adulthood i'm on the brute squad you are the brute squad <laughs> i love that movie i feel like you could quote that movie for a i while. could all day long it was like one of the first Ooh. movies i watched when i moved to america and i just learned english <laughs> that's, 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 that's why i learned english that's why you can, <laughs> it's very important to me you kind of have an andre the giant you know kind of inflection when you talk now that i think about it my forehead kind of gets a little <laughs> bigger <laughs> there's some things there's some crossovers actually yeah. hey that is the nicest compliment i've ever had i think yeah so to wrap up these loose ends so i watched wrestling when it was still wwf and wcw before that's they, right before, before they, they were came together for that name um yeah and then they got sued by the world wildlife federation that's right. which i mean i don't and know they how won. the world wildlife federation won that lawsuit it blew my mind that it happened to be fair like i was a wwf member the, the wildlife federation member when i was a kid i thought you were in the wrestling <laughs> 
<laughs> so like for me, it really, it really was confusing at the dinner table. Cause like there'd be nights where I'd be talking about, you know, like the environment and animals. You'd pet and the, the nights dog and talking you about, suddenly put it in a headlock. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> I want to love you, but I also want to slam you against this chair. <laughs> <laughs> Poor dog. Brother. It was very confused. <laughs> it was a very confusing time. Um, Oh wow, we gotta get we gotta get back to we I like it. I like we're really like five minutes in, no motorcycle talk whatsoever. Uh, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I've missed you, man. I haven't seen you in a while. I know. It's I been, turned forty at some point between all this. It's been a, yeah. So it's been a year. First of all, happy birthday to you. You Thanks, are forty. Man. I'm forty. Woo! Way yeah, to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. We were there. Um, you you don't look a day over thirty nine. I don't. I don't feel a day over thirty nine. Except the thing is, so if you remember, not long ago I shaved my beard off. Yes, and then really I'm growing it back since. I'm really happy it's growing back, and it's there. Look closely. There, there are a lot of grays on my face now. I don't remember this many dude, grays, dude. I know I'm. I know who I'm talking to. I'm just saying this used to be a black beard, like a pirate. That's racist for some. Yar. No, no, black beard was a pirate. It was a well-known pirate. Oh, good save. Yeah, good save. Mm-hmm. We had a pre-show conversation about words you can't talk about in Portland. You can't say the word black in Portland. That car yeah, is but if very car. I, I drive a very, 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 very dark gray forerunner. What color is my motorcycle? It's white, gold, red, and very, very dark gray. <sighs> You're not going to trick me. You're the reason I drink. I just got my, I'm a citizen now. I know what's up. Oh yeah. You are an Oregonian now. We had that. We had this yeah, conversation. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. I not the to see your car with scratch marks or eggs or spit on it. I know. Huh. And it gives me license to just park any way I want. Yeah, it's a forerunner. It I fits right I, in too. I do what I want to do. It's this is this so Isn't this is funny. A California plated foreigner in Oregon is like the devil's car, but an Oregon plated foreigner, you could park it on someone's tree. They're gonna be like, nice. I'm living my best life. <laughs> Good job with that parking. Yeah. yeah. Um It's nice to live without responsibility. I've 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 missed that living in Oregon and now I now I understand it. I mean you did it before. It's just there were people yelling at you constantly. It's just different. It's just, like they just expect things from you when you have California plates. Like I think if you forgot to let someone cross the street when you had a California, oh, oh, oh man, did you get shoes or stuff thrown first, at you? First week I lived here, I'm in my Forerunner, and I'm coming to an intersection, and it's one of those lights. Like I just kind of, I had to kind of get on the brakes. I made, I made the decision to go through the light or not go through the light a right. little too long. You hesitated a little, so, yeah. So I kind of get on the brakes, and my bumper is maybe three inches into the crosswalk i'm not in the crosswalk i'm just that's like that's like three miles yeah man. i'm just really up on it's it that, it's that california it's that gleaming white california plate and i still had my front license plate on because i learned to take that off in portland very quickly. that's right the speed cameras that's right but i still have the front license plate and the gentleman crossing the street looks at my bumper looks up at me looks back at my bumper and goes nice <laughs> Not in a positive way. Maybe he meant you had a nice car. He's like, and then he walks a couple more feet. So we're like, now he can actually talk me through the window. He goes, I'm just walking here. And oh. I'm like, yeah, I didn't notice. I'm just driving here. Like what? I'm not in your way. My car's not in your way. You, you had the entire like 10 foot crosswalk. You, scar- you scared to go here. the latte out of his hand, man. Just the, the nerve, the guile that he had to, to just make a comment. So nice. I hit it with my car. It was no big deal. You should have you should have custom plated your car that just said nice. 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 Here's one. to you, Portland person. It was very sarcastic. Nice. Um Do you mean it was uh, passive aggressive? Because that is the Pacific Northwest uh, signature move, the PS de resistance. I mean, to be fair, I'm just I'm surprised you even engaged in the first place. Because usually you would just that just wouldn't happen. Well, no, he did. He did the passive he he said nice, nice, but he didn't mean it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Well, sir, uh, do you want to get into 
Should we talk about motorcycles? You want to get on the motorcycle thing? It's you, been a while since we recorded. It has been so a we long had to kind of recorded. catch up a little bit. We've done a lot of traveling, you and I. Though. A lot of traveling. I've like I've been moving houses. You and, moved a house, dude. I moved a house. I haven't even seen your new house. Uh, you haven't, and it's only like a mile away. And sometimes that's the most difficult. But dude, I moved an entire house a mile away. I legitimately just started learning how to get to your house without directions, and you, now I got to do it. You have all to over all again. again, all over again. The good news is I'm in the same zip code. So I'm only like, oh, that, yeah, that changes a lot for me. Yeah, it does. You have to a whole different exit. Now you have to learn one exit and then another exit. And now it's a different exit. Oh, shenanigans. <laughs> the house of shenanigans. That is what it's going to be called. Uh, yeah. So I've moved a lot. Um, I've not ridden as much as I want to ride. It's cold. It's fucking frigid. I rode we, today. We had snow. We've I, been having snow. So here's the thing. We had a little Supposedly, bit of snow, but we've I had a lot of it. clear weather here lately, but it's like, it's frigid. And I'm at the point right now where I'm working so much and it's like, do I want to get on the bike and go to work? The answer is yes. But then I have to deal with this ice that I can't see. Yeah, the black ice. I wouldn't be. It's not black ice necessarily. It's not like, it's like I lived in oh, the Northeast said- and they had black ice there or dark gray ice. Dark, as you want dark, to call dark, it. dark, 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 dark gray ice. Um, <laughs> here it's just weird. The ground is just, I don't know, man. My tires feel like marbles. Okay. Yeah, it's, that's that's the best way I could describe it. I'm on the Goldwing, so you it basically just crushes the ice it, underneath it. Just, it. it just melts. It feel makes like the Goldwing probably has a button where it just melts the ice on the road as you ride on it. Oh, it probably does. That'd I didn't great. think about that. That would be little a great lasers addition. come out. Honda, are you listening? Get Next. on it. I want ground lasers oh. and ground effects. Ground effect lasers, like you can you can have asphalt and rubber so, burning a path through the mm, ice or the threat mm. thereof. Daddy gets a taste of that pie. Ooh, five percent Honda. That's all we want. Um, I noticed, like in the car world, the big thing now is to have the emblem of the manufacturer to like shoot down on a light onto the ground. Yeah, I think that's just like my box and shit. Well, my mom's Audi does it. Right. So, so stupid, the expensive German one. Stupidest. Like it's like a fifteen hundred dollar option. <laughs> it's the stupidest thing. Do you want so nobody it, else to see this? Because yeah, we'll put it on the ground for you. It's like literally like. Did you need to be reminded what car you bought? Every time you get out of it. Oh, oh, oh I drive an Audi. Oh, God. you spend 140000 on a car. Do you want to spend another 1500 bucks? Because, I mean, come on. Well, her wasn't that much. Not that it was. I mean, she got a TT. I don't forget how much she paid for it. Dude, TTs, it if you get a TT, I think it's called a TTRS. That thing's a little ridiculous. She didn't get enough. 70 grand, man. My 70-year-old mother does not drive a TTRS. Mama B to drive a TTRS. A five-cylinder turbo fire breeder. Even, well, so she had the old generation, and that one was the the... It was the 3.2 liter V6. Oh, she had the V6 one. Yeah. And that made like 320 horsepower yeah, or something. A little, little torquey little beast. It was Quattro, too. So not a lot of those made. Not a lot of, no. of Quattros in the 3.2. Nothing was a beast. Nothing was fun. This one, she was like, oh, that's too much power. I don't want that. <laughs> so she got like, I think she got the bottom one. Does she have the convertible? No, she wanted the convertible, but Mama she's got B, Take it back. Let's We've do this the, all over again. My VW bug is still down there. Oh, and that's that's convertible. So if she wants to do the convertible, thing, <clears> she can. I know we're gonna do a a Goldwing podcast day one day. Yes, when can it gets we warmer. can we fly to California and pick up your Beetle and do a Beetle podcast? I Dude, think it'll be noisy so as hell. I know. I'm Maybe. trying to figure out how we. Maybe we just do a podcast every so often. We'll pull over in the PCH somewhere, have a sandwich or a hot dog, and be like, "Hey, do you remember that time I couldn't hear you for an hour?" Yeah, that car. <clears throat> that car's a death trap. <laughs> it's awesome. It's it's seventy two cherry red convertible, all original. My mom's the first owner, so it's like it's a family heirloom. That's amazing. Uh, it's it's pretty rad. Um, but it is a death trap. Oh my god, it's just a tin can. Such a tin can. Such a tin can. 
Um, so all this cold weather has made me realize something. The the tires that I've been really in love with, and they're, I still love them a lot, the, these Motaz tires that I, I have on my not, bike. I'm not a fan. I want to see where you're going with this, but I'm not a fan. So they are distance myself from it's a very very it's a very hard compound tire it's it's Dude, it's like a tractor tire it is exactly like a tractor tire it even looks like a tractor tire it's just sort of has a slightly round you know shape to it so it's a motorcycle ish tire um, it works very well except in two occasions where it works okay rain and extreme cold in the rain it's just you know it's just not it's not it a probably rain has tire. no silica in it does it oh none it's a it's a hundred percent natural rubber compound yeah that, that's why it doesn't do well in the cold and the that rain. said i've got <laughs> almost seven thousand miles in these tires it barely looks like i've touched them I, i'm a little concerned with how long it's going to last like not i don't know why once a tire goes past seven thousand miles and still looks normal to me i'm like uh what's wrong here why why are you not wearing like what's happening do you just get harder and harder or what, what that's I what don't, she said i don't <laughs> giggity all right, all right these tires are the hardest it's gonna be so i'm pretty jet lagged i just want to throw that out there up yeah. front yeah i just got back from overseas and it was rough what it was time a, is it right it was now a 24 you? hour flight it's let me see it's it is uh oh yeah it's 10 it 10 10 10 right now Shaheen's on the end of like a long day of, of doing all the but things but you just started uh i've been up since i've been up and down i i started my day like at six you were p.m morning geez so i've been back if i've been back 24 hours i think i've been back 24 hours Ooh. this is my second day back i got back sunday night, sunday morning so what's today today's monday monday yeah, yeah. so <laughs> have you slept since you came back yeah Whoa. i right. slept 12 hours the day I got you travel back. a lot though i feel like you're well practiced at this so this is this is the first leg of almost six weeks straight of traveling I'm home for a little bit uh, on Wednesday. I'll hop on a plane and go to Utah and do the Honda Talon side by side. Oh, weird. Yeah, that's a. I got wrap. I'm trying to. I'm trying to picture you there in the side by side. I mean, you're gonna have a good time. Side by sides are hilarious. Yeah, I'm gonna have a great time. I don't know what that story looks like. And I I saw a lot of side by sides roll yesterday. Oh yeah, Monster Jam. Monster Jam. That's true. That'd be Monster Jam's a good time. It's if you haven't been, go. It's amazing. There's a lot of camo. And there's oh, a lot of big trucks. I went to in I went the parking to, lot and in the Monster Jam. I went to Monster Jam in Oakland. That's yeah. Experience. Um, I hear in May 10th it'll be in Orlando, Florida. I almost want to go just to mm, that. Yeah. Can you imagine Central Florida crowds at this a, Monster Jam thing? I, I bet a, it's like ten times bigger than Portland. Big Bigfoot fan. I, it doesn't. It's not around anymore. I know. I went in there. I was like, "Where's Bigfoot?" They're like, "Shut up, Grandpa." Everyone's yeah. It's all <laughs> Gravedigger now. It is all about the Gravedigger. And there's like 30 Gravediggers. People don't realize like Gravediggers are franchise. It is a, the, the dude, whoever it is that's in charge of driving that thing, mad skills. The guy can wheelie it, endo it, keep it going. Like, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Those trucks are, are ridiculous. There, there should be motorcycles. They're on two wheels more often than on all four. Mm, fair. But anyways, um, oh, so the tire, my, my tractor yeah, sorry, tires. Sorry, I interrupted you. When it's super cold, I, I, it's like, when I knock on them, it's like knocking on the hardwood floor of my house. And then when I ride on them, it's like you just wrapped hardwood floor around my tire and there is zero feeling. They feel my suspension's doing like double duty right now because there's just no give on the tire whatsoever. So definitely not a phenomenal winter tire. That being said, I have yet to really lose control of the bike. I mean, I've engaged traction control probably every time I ride it. Um, But it's, 
in the dry, I have to ride it like it's wet when it's this cold. I have to be so ginger with that throttle. I have almost been tempted to put my bike in its urban setting when it's only 100 horses. And every time I do it, I'm like, eh, it just feels like I cut its balls off. I'm sorry, bike. Back to full power. Now I'm sliding. <laughs> I've literally, the entire time you've been talking, have had my mouth open and I've been shaking my head. Like, what the fuck are you doing? It's like, like seriously. I have. I got a whole garage full of tires. You need a tire? We'll get you a tire. I need a 19-inch front and a 17-inch rear to make it fit on that thing. Now, that being said, the Michelins that I used to wear on that bike, because it comes with Pirellis, and they're really, uh, really good the tires. The Anakis? Huh? Which, which Michelin? Uh, no, well, you know what? I've never put them on this one. I used to have the Anakis Wilds on it, but on my previous Multistratas, I used to put the Michelin Pilot Road, then 4, but now the 5 ed- edition is out. Uh-huh. They don't make the 5 for my size. They still make the 4. I don't know why. That is probably hands down one of the best tires I've ever had experience with. I get a lot of mileage out of them. They got a lot of grip. I can drive as hard as ride as hard as I want to in the rain or in the dry. It doesn't matter at all with it. Um, I was talking to the Metzler people the other day. Maybe we should get you some Metzlers. It's funny. I actually chatted with them a year or so ago. They were at Motocorsa when I worked there, and they were trying to convince me to put that on my bike. I quite like the, the, the Metzler lineup. I got to ride the Metzlers in Sicily last year. Hmm. And I got to ride pretty much the whole range uh, really briefly. And I was quite impressed. We should give you like some Karoo 3s or something. Maybe. There's a weird thing with tires. And and, and I want the listeners to kind of chime in on this one. I truly Mm -hmm. think with motorcyclists, Mm -hmm. tires are like this mental thing. Oh, yeah. And if you convince yourself that a certain tire is awesome, even if it's not, then you tend to ride with a little more confidence because it's just all between your ears. I, I think most tires out there are pretty good tires. I just bring it up because Metzler is big. Well, Metzler is fun. It's a funny brand. So... Same parent company as Pirelli. Oh. Um, but like when you talk to them, especially in the US, they're known as a cruiser tire. Yep, that's what I had it on that's my cruiser their, back that's, in the day. That's like that's their sweet spot. They're getting they're like the preferred non OEM right. tire for cruisers for Harleys, Indians, Victor. I had them on my Yamaha Warrior. Yeah, I was gonna say Metro Cruisers. It, uh, in Europe, they're really known as like the wet weather tire. Really? And that's one of the things like they really hang the hat on is their wet weather rideability. And they bring those tires to the U.S. Yes. too? Yes. Wow. That's, that's what I was kind of thinking. Like we're kind of in the doldrums of the winter. It's cold. It's wet. Yeah. Maybe that'd be something for you to try. Maybe. I don't know. We'll talk to a person. 19, 120, 70 up front. 17, 170, 60, I think, in the back. Two in the front, one in the back. A. Wait. No, no, one and one. This is motorcycles, Jensen. Get back to the game. Oh, I thought you were riding a Ural. Sorry. <laughs> or no, I guess that would be. That's the other way. Around, like that, a, that'd be two in the side, one on the side. Like a Nikon. Like a Nikon. Oh, a Nikon. A Nikon. I kind of want to ride one just to see if it's as ridiculous as I think it is. I want to ride one. Yeah, I have the same. Like I just want to see what that. That doesn't. That doesn't answer looking for a problem, but I want to ride it and see what's <laughs> up. Um. <laughs> I had like this whole list of things to talk about and we're not close to talking to the, we're end. very good at staying on schedule here so, on, uh, so, on Brap talk. So something very, very quick. Um, you got it in your hands. I wanted it's to, so pretty. I wanted to plug the retro RR magazine. I did a quick story on it on asphalt rubber and I just got the magazine today. I actually haven't, you've leafed through it more than I have. Actually, Can I say the weirdest thing ever? It smells really good. It smells like an old school it magazine. Like, it smells like paper. So it's no, I love that. It's quality. It's, it's really quality paper. It's thick. It's hardy. Yeah. You go through it. There's not that many ads in it. No, a lot of cool stories. A lot Beautiful of cool photography. pictures. Uh, so this is the work of Nick Elwood and Rob Hoyles. Um, probably seen them on Fast Bike. They're two British gentlemen of of, of the industry, and um, 
it's kind of this 1980s, 1990s yeah. retro super bike focus that's that's kind of coming on strong right now. It's pretty it's a pretty rad thing to see. What's the rotation going to be on this? Uh, I'm trying to see. Da, 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 da. I mean, it's so cool to see a picture of I want to see Foggy and his Ducati on this thing. Like it just happened yesterday. Is it a quarterly? I'm pretty sure it's a quarterly. So yeah. once every three months. Yeah. So every three months, one of those bad boys is going to show up in my mailbox. It's not cheap. I was trying, um, I'm trying to see a price tag. I realize this is number zero one. It's eight fifty pounds, pounds per about issue. Dollars thirty five pounds for the year. It's going to cost you about another thirty five pounds to, to ship here. it to the U S. Yeah. So like I think all in, I was about seventy dollars. Uh, which it's is kind quality of quality stuff though. This is something I would put on the coffee table and happily share with people. It's a tough one. It's a tough one for us readers. It's, it makes a lot more sense if you're in Europe. Yeah. Um, but I, I, yeah, I think that's the thing. Like for me, I was looking at it. I was like, this is something that when I'm done with it, I'm going to read it. I'm going to put it on my coffee table or I'm going to put it on my bookshelf. I'm probably going to revisit it in a year or two. Well, look at that. Yeah. That's a crisp photo of foggy. Just kicking ass with a shark helmet on. Yeah. I used to look at these when I was younger and just dream of owning that bike. Yeah. That, that is a, beautiful to me. What was that 998? 916. That's oh, 916. Yeah. yeah. I had a friend actually ask me yesterday, hey, do you guys call it a 916 or a 916? I would love to take a poll of what Ducatistas, Ducatistas call it. I feel like that's that's like the Ducati version of what oil do you have? <laughs> uh, you all know the correct answer is bleh. My favorite, my favorite Ducati thing that that Ducati owners do, and by favorite I mean least favorite, <laughs> is when they use Italian words like "Oh, ciao, amico, how you doing? I've been riding my my Ducati. How Ducati. you doing? You gonna go for a ride no, no, under it's, Ducati?" It's only good in the restaurant. Oh yeah, I went to uh, Olive Garden had some spaghetti. Ah, I love a parmigiano. Yeah, that's just like sh- <laughs> shut your face. Unless you studied abroad or something, <laughs> shut your face. Um, yeah, this is a cool, it's a cool magazine. It's a really, it's a beautifully put together, high quality, wonderful piece of art that you can flip through and share with people. Yeah, maybe if you got some writing buddies, you guys like chip in for it. Cause I don't know. It, it's, it's worth a look. I, I like what they're doing. I like that this nineties thing is coming on strong. I think it's really interesting to me that there's, um, dude, the nineties is a long time ago now. It kind of was. My brother was born in 1989. That man's 30 years old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's my thing i can't date girls that were born in the 90s that's like you have to be born in the 80s <laughs> yeah at this point i don't care if it's december 31st 1989 that's oh, fine i but can't it, believe you, these are sentences we're saying now we're fucking getting old yeah well <clears throat> uh yeah i think this is a magazine that is going to be in a lot of motorcycle clubhouses and dealerships like everyone that's got a reputable motorcycle anything should have this it's just pretty it's well, a think, good attention grabber i think that's the model when you look at other there's other magazines like iron and air right um there's some other uh, MCN Sport is another one. Like if you want to talk more mainstream, right. that was another great kind of quarterly that you pick up. Like there is a model for print that makes sense, and it's not news, and it's not like these kind of timely stories. It's evergreen content, something that you're going to want to thumb through yeah. again and again. You want to keep it as a reference, put it on your shelf, don't throw it out. And I feel like and and based on subscriptions, not advertising. And I feel like that's what the American um, motorcycle journalism and just like in general, American media forgot. And it's really sad to me when I see publications inside and outside the industry that I read as a kid and just kind of like look at them now and you're like, Ugh. like I remember like I used to read Time magazine oh, yeah. a lot. 
now I look at time like time. You're a joke. <laughs> Every time I see a cover on time or I see a headline on time, especially if it's time.com. Right. I'm just like, ah, oh, you're like, you're like actually like a magazine. You're like physical print clickbait. You know, like it's just so bad now. We're just like, I don't even trust what you're saying anymore. Well, it's, I mean, we've, we're at a time now where if it's not catching your attention immediately, it's probably going to lose your attention. And so they're trying to get people to look at it and buy it and hold it. But see, and that's that's not print. That's 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 online. That's just the race to the bottom shit. So I, I do. I read a lot of my news on Apple News because I want to get a wide variety of of opinions and right. sources. But but I do go in and like kind of weed out some of the ones that I don't want. And one of them I just got rid of the other day was Newsweek. Wow, really? Because Newsweek's online content is fucking garbage. Huh. And this is a magazine that was almost. You know, it was like a staple. Like if Newsweek had a story, like you were going to read it. Like that yeah. was, a, that was the thing. Like that was a, a magazine that like my grandmother would subscribe me to for my birthday or something like <laughs> that. You know, like, uh, uh, I've been uh, on a Reuters kick for the last like five years. Reuters is good. Reuters is a news service, which yeah. is a little different. Yeah. So they're, they're basically selling news to other news outlets. Yeah. So just they kind of have to, them. they kind of have to run it down the middle. Um, uh, AP is good. Uh, Agence France is, is a good one. Very, that's a very, very good one. Um, I agree. I do. I will read a little bit of Al Jazeera sometimes just to get the Middle Eastern thing. I read a lot of BBC. Uh, yeah, BBC is an interesting one. It's, I think it's, I don't know. I feel like it's bought a little bit more by the people that are doing it. Well, it's run by the government. Right, I mean, exactly. you know it's going to be yeah. a little propaganda. It's a little bit propaganda. Uh, speaking of BBC, this was one of my favorite motorcycles, the Tri- Daytona Triumph Daytona T595 in that particular gold oh, color. Yeah. That's just such a beautiful bike with the black wheels on there. And there's a highlighted sentence here that's making me really, really kind of giggle in, in, internally. It says, and I quote, the way the motor delivers its 130 or so horsepower never fails, fails to make me smile. Dude, that's what big power bikes used to make back then and it made us giggle really really hard i remember when like the superbike quote was like anything over 100 horsepower is you wasted. were ballsy to ride that thing <laughs> and now it's like oh ducati uh v4s oh yeah it makes 230 horsepower. yeah that's that's the thing now if your bike doesn't make 200 horsepower forget it you're you're, you're, you're just yeah you're not even in the running uh, bikes are lighter and faster by such a stupid margin now it's not even compared to what they used to be and i i mean i remember riding that bike that that 595 daytona and just going, holy shit, this is the silkiest, smoothest, most torquey motor I've ever ridden. And it felt like the best of both worlds between a V-twin and an inline four because you kind of had that torque. Yeah. But it kind of revved up the way it was uh, an inline would do it. And now if I ride one, it's like, I'm so jaded. And and I have to put myself in that mental state where I remember as a younger Shaheen sitting on one of these bikes and going, oh, dream bike right here. Yeah. I, and I, that's the value of that magazine because it's going to kind of take you back. I love to, it. It's it's it's, it it's so full of nostalgia. I got to put it down or else it's okay, on. You want to take it to the bathroom later? You can. I, I might. I might <laughs> take it for a spin. <laughs> so yeah, go check out Retro RR. What is their website? It's it's like really obvious. Retro dash rr dot com. It's at least worth a look. Is it dot com or dot dot co dot uk? Oh, uh, I think it's dot com. Huh. Yeah, right. dot com. Smart. All right. Um, I wouldn't begrudge anyone that was like thirty dollars to ship it. Get the f out of here. Right. But cool gift to get someone you love, though. Cool gift, good idea. I mean, I'd, I'd spend seventy bucks on you. I don't do I don't do the the like gift guide thing because that's just Amazon clickbait, basically. That's pretty good. But that would be a solid like birthday gift or 
I know what I'm going to get you for your birthday now, sir. Hell yeah. Bring it on. I totally forgot. That would be totally happening. That's Boom. amazing. Boomzos. Great Christmas gift. Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Passover. Pretty much anything July you celebrate. July 4th. Happy birthday, America. Here's your copy of Retro R. Is there a Hail Satan Day? There's probably one of those days. Get that on that day. Whatever. His noodliness will celebrate any day of the year. <laughs> I bet it will. <laughs> so I didn't finish my, my, my yeah, go back pasta to that calendar. Me, <laughs> so, there's, so there's this part of this, this Pastafarian thing is their religious headgear, which is a pasta colander, a water colander. <laughs> is it a brand? Do they have their own brand? No, it's Why just. Why the fuck are they missing that because mark? Because his noodliness. His noodliness. Noodliness. I can't even say it correctly. His noodly appendage is an appendage of the people. <laughs> and um, so there's these, these morons that go out there and they insist on getting their DMV photo with their pasta colander you on say their morons, head. I say heroes. Hero, these heroes, <laughs> these, these. <laughs> there, I want to meet one. Now I wish there is there, is there a Portland sect? I'm sure there is. Oh my God. I'm oh, going to go. On. Can I, can I borrow the gold wing? Yeah. <laughs> That's. They are. Oh the, my God. It's amazing. I want to know what the Venn diagram is of Pastafarians and Goldwing owners. Cause I bet it's bigger than you think it is. Mm, I'm going to will. I'm going to bet some money that there is more Christian Goldwing writers than there are Pastafarians. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean like hardcore. Oh yeah. For sure. Zealot types. It was because it was all those Christian writing groups. So uh-huh. for sure. They're all terrorists. Whenever you see them, they're always like crusading. Uh, did you say the they're all tourers or terrorists? Tourers. Tourers. Okay. Tourers. It's a hard word to say. Struggle Israel. Struggle Israel. <laughs> I like that our one Israeli listener is like, that's cool. I'm cool with that pun. I'm cool with that. You guys you should come visit me. <laughs> that one always feels really borderline when you I say it. You can take that invite back. I wouldn't begrudge you. I'd be very sad, but I wouldn't begrudge you. I was just talking to someone the other day about visiting Israel. Oh, Tam- Tamer. Our friend Tamer. Tamer, We're yeah. We're talking. Our Egyptian friend. Our Egyptian friend. Go we Israel. were talking about the differences of, of, of me going to Israel versus him going to Israel. It's easier for you, I think. Much easier. Yeah. I'm... I, I have a Scandinavian descent. This is why I'm glad my passport says India. I can go anywhere in the world very easily. (laughs) I I love that my passport says India. I can go anywhere. Like, who says no to India? You're not going to Pakistan. Damn it. I really want to as well. There's so much opium? Saffron? They're trying to get people to grow saffron instead of opium. Don't fuck with Iranian saffron. That's when the teeth come out. That shit's expensive for a reason. So anyways, finish this out because we got to get yeah, forward Okay, so, yeah, so there's, the all these, there's all these heroes, as you call them, <laughs> putting these colanders on their head and getting their DMV photos taken. And it's a thing. And they, they'll make like a religious argument out of it. It's like, well, it's just like wearing a, you know, uh, um, like a turban or, or a headscarf or, or whatever. So <laughs> right. Very, anyways, that's what I spent most of my day doing. That's, that's the long version of that story. I, I like that. Um, that you went there. I, lo- I, I appreciate your your gusto for someone else's religion. You're very open-minded about this. Uh, I made a terrible mistake. I just looked it up on my phone, and I have to put it away. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. There's a picture of a guy with the most, the hugest shit-eating grin ever. Yeah, <laughs> this is guy. That's what started it for me. Uh, Sean Michael Corbett, if you're listening, you're my hero. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it says on his license. California license, right? California license, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah. oh, man. Okay, that's why I drink also whiskey too. Mm. Cheers to Sean. Cheers to you, sir. You are winning the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that that's that story comes because of the massive jet lag that I have from just coming back from Italy, where I got to spend a dude. I was in the air. T- 46 hours. That's rough. I was on the ground 59 hours. Oh, your ratio is all wrong. 
flew into Milan. We went out to motor. So I went and visited Energica, uh, the electric motorcycle company, and also got to go see like they're owned by CRP. Um, the CRP group is actually they're part of the CRP group is probably a better way of saying it. And right. CRP has got like a bunch of different little sub companies, but they're a high level um, partner for basically everyone in the F1 paddock. Hmm. They're in the Moderna, you know, Motor Valley, basically. So Ferrari, Sauber, McLaren, you name it, they probably build stuff for them. And their their name literally, it's um, oh shoot, I should probably know the dude's name. It's like Cavalli or something like that. Rapid prototyping. That's literally the name of the company. Hmm. What it stands for. Um, and they, they were one of the first pioneers of making rapid prototype additive manufacturing parts. And they make a lot of parts for these, for these, uh, these clients. But one of the things that's kind of interesting about it is the fact that Civilini, sorry, Roberto Civilini, um, established in 1970. Look at that. Um, their big challenge is that they have all these kind of non-disclosures, confidentiality agreements with all the people they do business for. And so they do really rad shit, but they can't can't talk talk about about it. (laughs) And like, that was like the hardest thing was like, they're showing us like the factory, like the CRP factory. And they're like, Hey, this is this like cool piece of billet titanium that we've been milling for a thing. I can't tell you what it is. I can't tell you why it's And I can't even show you the finished version of it. I can only show it to you like in this like really rough state. Right. But imagine it could do something on a car that helps with steering. You're like, oh, I have no idea what that is. You gotta be vague. Yeah, super vague, vague. At all. And they're like, oh, I could tell you who this is for, then I'd have to kill you. And that was like every time like they would stop and like show us something cool, that was basically their line. And so that creates a very unique problem for them in terms of like marketing what they can do. So um What's the solution? The solution was them creating Energica. Okay. The the motorcycle brand. And you know, it's really funny. Like every time, like they talk about their industry bike, they like bring up rapid prototyping like thirty times. Mm-hmm. And all this other stuff that they can kind of do in house. You're like, yeah, I kind of get it. Okay, I got it. Like you guys didn't can we do the talk thing. about how you know you got to make it a little bit sexy when it's motorcycling? Like you gotta you gotta appeal to everybody. Yeah, yeah. It's um. That being said, they make a very good looking bike. They make a very good bike. The, the funny thing about their bike, I, I got I've ridden all their models. I've pretty much ridden all their models before this trip, and I, I can definitely cross off that checklist now. Okay, been. Was there something new that you got to ride or can you really. even talk about it? Yeah, yeah. I can talk about everything. The only bike I haven't gotten to ride and I really, really want to is the new race bike. We're going to get to that. Yeah. Um, Wait, is that the one that we saw in Austin last year? Uh, the Coda race or no? Yeah, they probably had it on display last year. Well, it's, then they, I, it's I saw it do a lot. changed a bit since then. So that's the thing that really like you should you should hop on A&R because I did a little photo gallery of it. And the thing that, that really caught me was I'm not a big fan of the way the Energica. It's called the Ego. First of right. all, it's called the Ego. It is the Ego, yeah. And this and is the like Ego a, and the Eva, and is there, I think there's two different Evas. And then there's an yeah, there's an Eva that's called the SS9. Right. So the Ego, the Ego is like a name that like literally is lost in translation. They're like, oh, <laughs> Ego. That means I in Latin. You know, so that's just like it's like our first bike. It's I. This is us. Right. Like that's where they came up with the name. And you're like, yeah, in America, that means something completely totally different. Totally different. Yeah, because you can think Sigmund it's Freud. Just called the Energica Big Dick in America. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And then they're like, well, why do you? Why is your second bike called Eva? And it's like, oh yeah, that's my grandmother's name. 
<laughs> you're like so oh, very consistent okay. clearly in naming so you're like you're like i thought you were making like this big like thing this is our second buy thing. and then his newly appendage made the woman <laughs> from the rib of adam and on the eighth day yeah on the eighth day the marinara it. sauce marinated <laughs> and the spicy yeah, meatballs rain from the heavens a little bit of parmigiano <laughs> and then the ss9 i don't know i think they're drunk i don't know the so the Corsa, that's the Corsa. pretty badass. So that's the thing. So I'm not big on the way the ego looks. It kind of grows on you over time, but I'm like, I'm kind of like, uh, I don't know. It's a mixture of a couple of different bikes. But you put that that Corsa up, right? With the new, the slimmer tail. I like that. And tail. you get rid of the headlights, and it's more pointy. Mm-hmm. That's a hot looking bike. It's uh, it's funny what happens when you take away the DOT stuff from a motorcycle. Yes, and you go back to that original, you know, drawing they might have had when they first conceptualized it. That that tail is beautiful. That that's. I think that's that just, bike would rail. The shock still looks, like, looks like an like RC8 though on that back end with that pointy tail. Kind of yeah, kind of the Suzuki GSXR Double R kind of has a similar yeah. kind of tail thing going Did on. Did they forget to put a rear suspension on the bike and then they were like, oh that's yeah, this is a thing. That's the thing that I don't understand. <laughs> so the original prototype had the suspension kind of in the shock with, right. a, with a linkage, and on this one, it looks like a total afterthought. When you, I've got some pictures of the bike totally naked in fact i can bring them up on my computer i haven't posted them yet to a and r and i probably wouldn't won't have by the time the show comes out um let's see if you can see this so when you see like the bike oh that's just pretty right yeah so the whole tail is basically the chargers the onboard charger oh okay and i think that's why they couldn't come up with like a good mounting point for the shock got it but on the race bike yeah, that, that that tail is basically empty as far as I know because they don't need the onboard charger. They're but the charge frame it looks the very side. similar, so I feel like they're probably the using the same mounting the same. point. Yeah, yeah. So that is weird, isn't it? It's just kind of like there's a super slick, gorgeous motorcycle. For I mean, go like like Jensen said, go to asphaltandrubber.com and look at the photos. It's super slick and pretty, and then it's like this huge Olin's shock that just sticks out of the right side of the bike. All right, I think it's Olin's. Yeah, it is. Uh, I don't know the the race bikes that they're going to race in Moto E, the Moto E World Cup. Right, those will have Olin's shocks and suspension. I do believe the the bike that you're looking at, the Corsa, like the, that's the Corsa consumer model. That's what like you and I can buy. Oh. If you want to do track days on it? Uh, I believe that's an Olin's, but it's not the TTX shock that would be on the uh, the race bikes. And it looks like those are like the road and track forks, not the FGR with the cartridges. So clearly, the bikes lost some weight. It's lost looking it's at lost it a ton on. of weight. So that was one of the cool things about going to the factory. You actually got to see the the giant cast aluminum housing for the battery pack. We Neat. actually got to pick up like the halves of that. Each half of that battery case has got to be 50 pounds. Like it's wow. just ridiculous how heavy. And they were saying, I think the the um the battery pack with the case on the production bike is 200 pounds. So what's the bike weigh? Like 500 and something pounds? The bike, the production bike weighs like 580. Wow. So on the race bike, it's just like a plastic case. And the big reason for that one, it's like you don't want your battery cells getting punctured because that's bad news bears. Uh, yes. That's a whole thing. I would not trust. That would be violent. Don't buy an electric motorcycle that doesn't have a robust metal case around its battery yeah. packs. There's a lot of brands that do. Yeah, if you look at my, you look at my Alta, it's just like this in the yeah. middle. There's a reason for that. Alta <laughs> had one of the safest battery packs on the market. I believe it. Cars, bikes, anything. Um, a lot of a lot of energy went. A lot of energy. A lot of effort went into making sure of that. That's one of the things that's not talked about a lot, which is unfortunate. Mm. Um, 
So on the race bike, it's a plastic case. They must they must have just shaved 50 pounds off of it just with that. And then they've got, uh, it's a variable architecture. So the maximum they can hold is like 20, 25 kilowatt hours. And they're going to change that depending on the track. Um, and then I think they bump the power up to like 162 horsepower. Man, what is the torque number on that? 200 newton meters, which works out to, off the top of my head, like 147 pound feet. That's a lot of torque. Is that right? It's like 140-ish. I can do this really quick. Hold on. Come on, internet. I feel like they've probably dialed it down a little bit to have that kind of torque. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm good. 147, I mean, if you look at my Alta, Alta claimed that my bike made 124 foot-pounds of torque. Um, That figure is including the final gearing. Got it. Got it. Which is like, that's one of the things that gets a little... uh, In fact, I remember calling them out on that, and they ended up changing it, because it's closer to... 70 or something. Yeah, I have to go by back the time and, you, you convert it with the final gear. Their website's still up, but that was the thing. Like that was an interesting spot in the electric space. So just preface this whole show is going to be about electric motorcycles. Ooh, so it's electrifying. Um, but that was like one of the things in that space that people were kind of playing around with was how much torque can we quote? Because there's the torque at like, where do you, where do you quote the torque? Is it at huh. the crankshaft? Is it at the counter sprocket? Is it at the, or should I say the counter shaft sprocket? Is it at the rear sprocket? Is it at the wheel? Because all those things are, yeah, see, now they're quoting 42 pound feet. Big, um, big difference. And if you say foot pounds, I'm going to punch you in the face. Foot pounds. That's wrong. Foot pound. I can't reach I you. I am so here. far you're from so, you. You're ah, safe. Take that. You get a, you get a pass. <laughs> um, uh, oh, by the way, I think I know what your opening song for this episode should be. It's electric. Come on. Whatever. Were you expecting me to know what song that was just yeah, from man, that? You're, you know. I mean, I already had a song. I had a Luscious Jackson song in mind. Oh, all right. Everybody Great. likes your song, so you're doing well. Let's. I mean, this is gonna get out of the the comfort zone. Although, hat tip to Prodigy. Prodigy. Mm. That happened today. I know. I feel like maybe something Prodigy-ish. I was going to, and then I was like, "Oh, Electric." I don't know. I bet he's got a song. I mean, he was part of like the Electric electronic song oh yeah music they were coming on right when i was kind of getting into that scene it was interesting i think you know i think it's uh that's a different topic for probably not today yeah that's fair that's fair um let's let's just let's just power forward uh where were we energicas courses yeah i think that that race bike even though just the customer version i think would be pretty potent it's probably just it's probably 500 pounds maybe just under and uh it's it's it has a 20 kilowatt hour pack, which is a bit. I mean, if we could find, I was actually doing this today. I had to do some research on where we have, um, DC fast chargers in Portland. Oh yeah. Turns out we have a shit ton of them. Yeah. Like superchargers like Tesla uses or are well, they, are supercharger, they proprietary? Superchargers are, um, well, they have classes, they, right? Class one, class two, class three, level one, level two. And then level three is DC, what we're calling DC fast charging. Okay. Um, and then like, there's all these kind of like, say asterisks that come with that so yeah <laughs> tesla's supercharger architecture is dc fast charging but very specific to tesla's right um the level so the easiest way to think of it is level one is what you can pull out of a regular american wall socket which is 120 volts 30 amps yep level two is when you get your kind of industrial american outlet 240 volts mm-hmm. i think we're technically 220 220 yeah, i think uh, it's 220 and i believe that's 
depending on your amperage, can be 30 or 60. Don't quote <clears throat> me on that one. I think it's still a 30 amp circuit. Hmm. Pretty sure it's still a 30 amp circuit. And that'll charge and then, it up basically twice as fast. Yeah, and then DC fast charging is going to be closer to 480, four, between 400 and 500. It's a little bit more loosey goosey. So, you know, each time you go up a level, you're basically, the rough math would be doubling your ability to charge. Okay. That's not true, but that's the easiest way of thinking of it. Like there's, there's so many exceptions to the case that it makes it like not true, but that's the easiest way to, <laughs> to put it in your brain. So that's why like it's kind of a big deal if a bike has level one charging only or level two charging only or it can do you know DC fast charging. But I was looking at um, in Portland where we have DC fast chargers and the Walmart right across the street from the track at PIR oh, no shit. has a DC fast charger. Stop it. Which is kind of interesting. You start sitting there going like, we can make this happen. Yeah. I mean, it'd be a little awkward, be a little weird. I mean, like during, well, okay. You can do it, How though. many laps can you do on that on one charge, you think? That's a good question. I don't know. Because each session during our track days is 20 minutes, give or take a minute or two. So, again, here's, an, here's another, like, off-the-cuff kind of math thing that you can do that is good for this conversation, but is wrong. So okay. just uh, before we get like an angry email from like a <laughs> EV nerd, like I understand that this is wrong. I like the emails, but it's, it's right enough that we can use it as a, as a rule of thumb. Uh, gallon of gasoline is roughly 32 kilowatt hours of energy. One gallon. Okay. It's a lot of energy in a ga- in a gallon of gasoline. That's what right. people fail to realize. Right. So let's say the typical super bike, like my R1, my, my track bike R1 has about a four gallon tank. So I've got, just under 130 kilowatt hours of of energy in a full tank of gas. 128 kilowatt hours, roughly. Okay. But electric motors are about three times more efficient than gasoline engines in terms of potential energy into kinetic energy. So to get that equivalency, I would need about a 42 kilowatt hour battery. Yes. I, okay. Yeah, to, the, to get to get the the four the the same energy amount as right. the four gallons of gasoline. So if you look at it from that perspective, a bike with a twenty kilowatt hour pack, a nominal kilowatt hour pack, is basically like operating with a half a tank of gas. On my superbike R one, which makes actually pretty similar power to what's being quoted by um, by Energica, honestly, yeah. way less torque. Nurgica is blowing it out of the water, but it's about 150. I think my R1 makes about 150 at the wheel ish. We'll call it ish, yeah. Ish, yeah. Again, we're running, we're playing, we're fast and loose with numbers. You here. know, yeah. Just so like a half a gallon, a half a tank of gas gets me like two, maybe. I'm probably running out of gas on my third session. Yeah, so I'm in the I, middle of my third session. Have you done the math of what your gas mileage is? Because I've done it on my triple nine. It's like 27 miles to the gallon. Dude, you're doing well. I I did the math on my last track day. Um. <laughs> I'm averaging like somewhere between 15 to 17. Maybe I'm closer. Now, to granted, Maybe it's 21. My motor's uh-huh. really well massaged a lot, and I think it burns a little bit more. Because my triple nine, when it was dyno, it put 146 at the rear wheel, which is way outside the range of that bike. But still, like 15 to 17 miles a gallon, I'm going through some fuel. Well, I'm trying to think. So I go through, on a track day, I go through six gallons of gas through the whole day. So I'm burning a... That's the thing. I'm burning close to a gallon of gas per session. Yeah, that's about right. So that's right. session, I mean, for us at PIR, if we're just doing PIR numbers, right, we're about a two-mile track. Yeah. So if you're doing 
each session is 20 minutes long and you're averaging a minute, let's call it minute 20, especially at your pace. Minute 15 at my pace. Come on. Well, excuse me. I'm trying to make it more mortal like. <laughs> um, minute 15 is nothing to brag about either. Oh my God. It's pretty see, fucking fast, man. Well, the record's like 104, 105. Well, I'm talking track day, not race day. Rise above. <laughs> Listen, if I do a minute 17, I am pulling over and like accepting rewards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On, on 999. That's, yeah. That's not bad. I've done a minute 18. I haven't touched minute 17 yet. We'll get you there. Ugh. We'll get you there. But um, so, yeah, I mean, that's the thing with DC fast charging. You could conceivably do a track day. Yeah. If we had something at the track and, and I wonder if we could because it is a public space. It's, it's part of the city. It'd be curious. I'd be curious to see if we could get like a, a charger installed because so, okay, that would get, actually open it up pretty cool. Because um, what's charge, the what's the charge time on a DC fast charger? That well, see, that's why it gets really hard because it's like, well, what DC fast charger are we talking about? In theory, DC fast charging I think can be up to like 130 kilowatts. Okay, which is a lot of energy. That's a ton. Of so that means like you could fill the the Nergica in a theoretical. Oh man, I can't do the math in my head at this point. Is it minutes? Uh, twenty into one thirty is six. I mean, let's like call we're it. Talking, let's yeah, call like it six and minutes. a half. It's less than ten minutes, dude. But understand that that's like up to see the thing with, when you're charging batteries, you have to to level them at the end of it. So like, it's really easy to charge a battery from nearly zero up to like 80 90 percent right and then that last bit takes a lot longer because you have to balance out the load on the cells yeah yeah yeah. and that just in general trickles it at that point that just always takes like 30 minutes if you're gonna if you're gonna do it it just always takes 20 30 minutes so in theory between each session you have 40 minutes on a track day right that's all i try to do in my head so so if you have 40 minutes and you can have one of these charging stations nearby and it takes let's say a half an hour to fill it up well, I've got some 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 goodness here. I can't. This is embargoed. Okay. But by the time this podcast comes out, it'll be okay. Okay. So you'll get to know it. It's probably illegal that I'm telling you. So I will. I will. Char- I will but do it's okay. Imaginary NDA with you, right? Just now. just just f it, right? Just whatever. They don't buy any advertising. So <laughs> so the Harley the Harley Livewire can DC fast charge zero to eighty in forty minutes. And I think I do not know this, but I think that's a ten kilowatt hour pack. Oh, okay. So, in theory, on the same charger, the Energica should take 80 minutes to go from zero to full. But you think about each session, you're not going to zero. You're going about half, Yeah, which is 10 kilowatt hours. Right. And you have 40 minutes off. So, you, yeah, you could just about do it. You could pretty much, if you start at 100%, do your session, put it back on the charger. When you, By the time you go back out, you should be... You're probably just going to keep constantly charging back to 80%. Right. Which is enough. Which is enough. Gets you done through the day. That's super viable. That makes it super viable, right? Dude, that would be amazing. I'm actually... Okay, okay. Let's talk about cost of motorcycle, though. Uh, I don't think I have a price, but I mean... the 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 production bikes... Isn't the production bike like close to... I remember back. I thought back then. That's why I was. I was about to say a number. I was like, "No, they've dropped the price a few times now, and it is pretty economical." 
economical. Are we talking like Ducati like, V4? Like in the same way I was V4 doing research, economical? I, it's economical. It's um like 28 grand, 27,999. Where's this little fucker? Where are you little fucker? Where are you at? Why do I have to click like eight things to find it? This would drive me crazy. Oh, websites. Yeah, websites. yeah. Like like KTM's website. Like if you want to find out how much a KTM costs, you click like on the MSRP. Thing. Good fucking luck. Yeah. They want you to go to the dealership and talk to somebody, and so the, somebody will tell you. Ego is starting at 22565 Wow, it's dropped a lot. Yeah, it's dropped a lot. And the Eva is twenty one six, and then the SS9 is twenty nine. Okay, 20, so uh, let me ask you this. if you, I imagine you, as the fine motor journalist that you are, yeah, probably yeah. asked somebody there, are they a long-lasting company with this price, price drop? So this is yes. For one, the the technology because they're still doing like a, I think it's just barely a twelve. I don't even think it's twelve kilowatt hours. So they have a very they haven't really updated their pack yet, and it's battery prices have come down so much that's why they've cut prices. But this is why I bring up CRP because Energica has a very interesting business model in the sense that yeah they they want it to be profitable and they want to sell bikes and they want to be a, a motorcycle brand and a motorcycle right. company, but they bring value to their parent company beyond just what the bottom line is because they're the marketing basically for the entire group. It's like, Hey, look, look at all the cool shit that we can build. Yeah. And you can see it right here on our bike and our bike's pretty rad. So there's an intrinsic value or there's an X factor there that you can't really see like from an accountant's perspective. So that makes their business model a lot more sustainable than others. It is interesting that Energica's, what was that? My phone screamed at me. <laughs> it is interesting that Energica is publicly traded on the Milan Stock Exchange. Which wow. Is, which is weird. That is very weird. How yeah. small is the public Milan Exchange? Yeah. Hold on. I got to get Coda. She's driving me crazy. Meow, kitty. This break brought to you by Coda Kitty, the deadliest kitty cat on any motorcycle podcast in the world. Oh, yeah. Say hi to everyone, Coda. Say hi to everyone. Just like a cat. Doesn't do what she's being told. How does this claws feel, Jensen? Oh my god, that hurts so much. She's been real. She's had a hard day. It's been a long let's, day, Coda. Let's just leave it at that. She's had a hard day. <laughs> oh my god, why do you smell like poop, Coda? Really smell like poop. She left you a gift. She's got poop all over her butt. Coda? I like how she saunters away after that. It's an interesting business model. I don't know why they're on the stock exchange. That that part doesn't make sense to me. But it's a really big deal that they're doing that they're doing this Moto E. World Cup with Dorna. Yeah. At I think it's five races, five European rounds for Motor. Have they announced which races they're going to be at? Yeah, they have. They're all European rounds. Okay. Um, and they're all teams that are in the paddock with a lot of riders. So like Bradley Smith is racing. Wow. Sete Gebernau is racing. Wow. Randy Depunier is racing. Nicolo Canepa. Um I'm trying to think of some of the other. There's a lot of like Moto two, Moto three ish type people. And I think they're saying the pace is going to be a little bit slower than Moto3. I think that's the expectation, which is, you know, not ideal. I was going to say not super exciting. But it's a spec class. Like, the teams don't even get to keep their bikes. Like, after each round, they, the bikes get taken back. And the only thing that they can modify is the suspension. Are the teams the same parent teams as the other GP teams? Yeah, so you're going to see, like, an LCR Honda, a Mark VD. I think, in fact, we saw at the factory a Mark VDS bike, but I don't think Mark VDS is in MotoGP anymore. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other teams. I think Avintia has a bike. Like all the kind of like the satellite teams seem Got to be it. involved. Yep. The so the teams can't change anything, right? Uh, Except for suspension, uh, basically. suspension. So that's basically like set up for the rider. And so basically, it's it's a spec racing class. Like so, these bikes are going to be super super close to each other in performance. 
I think this is going to be this is rider on rider freight train long you know like like packs oh yeah handlebar to handlebar and I think the speed's going to be impressive enough that no one's going to be like oh there they go woo and I think when you have eighteen of those bikes all stacked up with each other and they're cutting the gears to make some noise okay um, it's going to sound cool I think it's going to sound like just a pack of Tie Fighters flying I'm by. I'm, I'm excited hey by the way MotoGP starts in a week I know. I know. <gasps> I'm so excited. I was just talking to my MotoGP homies. Some of them are in Qatar already, and others are on their oh, way. Oh man, the season's almost here, so it's very exciting. Very exciting to see what's going to happen this year. I'm very excited to see this Moto E Championship or World Cup. I think that's going to be actually pretty good racing. Um, Energica has the spec series spec bike contract for the next three years, next three seasons. Okay, and it doesn't sound like they're going to bring any updates during the season, but I think. After the end of each season, we're going to probably see some updates. So that could be interesting. Keep your eye out for that. I will. I'm excited. I like change. I like new things. And this is definitely uh, is up there. Well, that's the thing. Like, so you're, you're, I mean, you're the guy. Like, you bought an electric motorcycle. Right. That's why, like, this show for me is kind of interesting because, you know, like, you're, I, I'm, I cut my teeth. I got my start at Asphalt and Rubber doing a series about electric motorcycles oh. and how electric motorcycles are coming into full the circle, team. man. Yeah. 10 years later, right? full circle but you've actually gone out there and like bought one with your yeah, money i put my money on it yeah so i think that's that's telling to me i i i think that it is it's interesting because i've been reading a lot of um a lot of posts on the old facebook and you know how fun facebook is with all, with all the comments yeah but there's a lot of you know um buzz around let's say the state of oregon talking about wanting to limit people using two-stroke lawnmowers and so the thought, you know, from a lot of people is, oh, what's, you know, what are they going to do about your motorcycles? Don't you like riding your two-stroke motorcycles? So there is, as we've spoken ad nauseum, there is a lot of people who are not for this sort of progress into the next step, as if it's going to completely take away what they're used to doing. My belief, and it's just maybe just solely my belief, is that this sort of progress is going to allow us to keep these old horses in our garage and play with them once in a while. You know, maybe the the future vehicle will be electric or some some kind of a hybrid form of it, but I don't think that's going to make it where it's just completely illegal to have these. It's it's like looking at horses and saying cars replaced horses, and so horses are completely obsolete. They're not. People still have horses. Yeah. They're just a little more special now. Other than the Amish, like, can you point to me in a direction where like being resistant to the change that is occurring around you has worked out? Like, is there anyone like still rocking a Betamax? You know, is there just someone like with like all these I just Betamax? Know someone's tape? gonna comment. I got one. Is there someone with like a laser disc that's just like, no, nah, man, fuck that HD streaming shit. I got I, my laser disc. Once I found eight tracks, I never went back. Yeah, I mean, like, can you imagine if like this is that's a great example, right? Can you imagine if you still had like cassette tapes or eight tracks? Absolutely. I just threw away so many CDs. Where, I can't even tell you. As I was moving, I was like, why do we have? 300 cds are we going to listen to any of these nope cool garbage in a world where you can stream your music in better fidelity to a device that you can walk around with you don't see me waving my arms around listeners but my wife i love you so much babe hashtag t-man hashtag t-man all day long but fuck me this obsession with vinyl discs why I do i have to pay 30 dollars for some for a disc that's so outdated that's great but that brings me back to the point right if a two-stroke becomes a thing of the past, someone somewhere is going to probably still keep it alive and still let it be a thing. Well, it's one of those things too. Like, I think if you're a two-stroker, uh, you're, you're I'm a four-stroker at minimum. Oh, I see. What you're doing. 
Um, if you're a two stroke, if you're like one of those guys that are gals that's still kind of like into the two stroke thing, you probably have a certain mechanical romance with that as well. Like that, that's a part of that allure, right? Where it's the I like I like doing my premix and I like setting my jets and doing this and doing that. That you're always gonna know how to work on it. You're always gonna know how to how to work on that machine. Whereas like, if time passes you by a little bit, it's kind of okay. You know, because you're going to be able to self-sustain yourself. But this idea that you want the rest of the world to stay with you on that. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's literally, I mean, it's like for me, the internal combustion engine versus the electric motor is literally the analog versus digital debate. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, like the world's digital now and you want to keep living an analog lifestyle. And like you can do that in a romantic sort of way. You can do that in kind of like a vintage hobbyist sort yeah. of way. But if you want to expect the entire industry to just stay like that, you're out of your fucking mind. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a losing battle. You're gonna be heartbroken, and I understand the fear behind something that you love and and truly enjoy becoming obsolete. But I think maybe I'm being overly optimistic, but I really truly think it's going to be those people that are that passionate about it who will probably maintain it and allow it to still be this very cool thing that. It's still done, but it won't be at it won't be at at mass. Well, the thing that's interesting for me is I feel like the electric motorcycle makes converts out of people that asses in seats, right? Yep. If you go ride one of these bikes, especially like an Energica or an Alta, that's a high voltage system. Yeah, I think that's the problem. And some of these people go out on, let's say, another brand that's very prominent that has a low voltage system or a lower voltage system. Mm-hmm. And they come back and they're like, well, that was uninspiring. And, and it's uninspiring on a variety of levels. Like from a motorcycle perspective, they're just not good bikes. They use cheap components. They have cheap tires. They have cheap brakes. Mm-hmm. They look weird. They're not very visually appealing. So they just kind of suck on the motorcycle side. But they also suck on the technical side, on the electronic side. But some of these bikes, like that's one of the things that I really like about Energica. I'm not a big fan of the way the bikes are packaged and the way they look. Um, but the electronics, the drivetrain is really, really good. It's a really well done high voltage system that really showcases what this can do. Like when you have 142 pound feet of torque with 162 horsepower, when you twist the throttle, it's a little ridiculous, you know, that's unbelievable. So that to me is, that's like the game changer when you, and I've had the luxury of riding the mission and riding the motuses of riding the lightning Riding all, you know, the zeros, riding the altas, riding the energicas. And it's like, you know, when you're on one of the more well done machines, it's a bit of a game changer. You start sitting there like, wow, why would I go back to gas? Other than like the range and the weight, like that's always been the issue is the weight for me. And then the range is obviously a thing that all just comes back to the batteries at the end of the day. Anytime I've had a conversation with someone who's a diehard, you know, two stroke or four stroke or, you know, any internal combustion dirt bike when they're when they're out there and they see us in our altas you can kind of see like in a group they want to kind of be like look at that bullshit but then when you're one-on-one with them there is just such an intrigue and they want to talk to you about it they want to know a little bit more about it they, they are very very curious about you know why you're riding this thing and what does it feel like it is it that much smoother is it that much faster is it how different is it can i try it and soon as you see that intrigue in their eyes you're like yeah you know individually you're into this thing but as soon as i put you in a group because you're one buddy who might be a little bit 
more strong-willed or strongly opinionated than you said something, you got to be on his side or else you're not going to be one of the cool kids, I guess. Yeah. It's no. very funny to watch that that progress slowly change. And people are realizing that if 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 you're going to be on, on the losing side of this thing, you're just going to be heartbroken. That's really all it's going to come down to. There's kind of like a machismo that comes with it. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to like give in to the fact that I like, that I'm interested in this thing that's different from the thing that I have now. Right. I want to admit that, that weakness. Um, and so that's, that's the, that's the challenge. Um, Shaheen, I want to move on because I got four more bullet points. Ooh, and we're, bullet uh, points go. Like an hour in. <laughs> um, we finally see the end of the Alta saga this week or the, or the past week. So what was the final, what, what was the nail? So, so BRP has bought like basically the remnants of, of Alta motors. Okay. Um, kind of KG I think on, you and I kind of speculated it was going to be BRP. Yeah. So BRP, BRP, my sources were telling me that BRP was kind of the company that, that pulled out the last minute they were going to buy Alta. We all know pulling it, out doesn't work boys and girls. Unless you're in high school. <laughs> Definitely in high school. It works. Yeah. If one thing high school sex ed taught me is that is not an appropriate birth control. Method. And this is why I say safety third. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so they, they pulled out of the deal kind of at the last minute and that kind of, uh, led to Alta closing its doors because it was going to be a longer process. So um, it sounds like they at least got to the finish line on that. I'm sure they didn't get the price that they wanted, or at least that was being talked about before the, the closing of the doors. Was that BRP's way of bargaining to the bottom? No. In fact, it's um, I, I have a pretty good grip on this story, and I can't talk too much about it. Oh. I'm trying to do some research. It's one of those things like, I don't know. I don't know if this is a story that ever comes out. Oh, I gotta get it. some people. I need it too. You know how many people want closure with this thing? It's gonna be tough because you gotta get people on the record. Because it's one of those things where, like, <sighs> I guarantee you, I publish the story, I get sued. Oh, I bet. 100%. So I gotta be able to have someone on the record and say, like, hey, sue me all you want. This is this is the source, and this is what you know. What's Do, up. okay? Can you say this much? Do you think there will ever be a Alta version two point or whatever other company's version of it will be. Well, that's the thing. It doesn't. BRP came out pretty quickly and said they were not interested in pursuing Alta as a motorcycle brand. Yeah, but do you think BRP will take the technology and then become BRP Electric something? I think something? BRP is going to use that technology to make hybrid or electric Can-Am spiders, side by sides, snowmobiles, personal watercraft, all the other things they make with just. But know, no dirt bikes. I don't. They have. They don't have a dirt bike brand. They're very clear they do not want to make a dirt bike brand. Oh, and okay. I, interesting. Knowing the story, I understand why that's the case. Okay. Um. So it's just a bad. I mean, it's just it just sucks. It just sucks. But um, you and I both know that probably in the next, I'm going to be real general and say five to ten years, the big four are probably going to get in on this thing and have something rolling, including in the dirt segment. It's just right now, right this instant, it sucks that there's no more representation in the, let's just call it dirt slash dual purpose segment. You see, that's I think that's the tragedy of Alta, of them going under because now like who's driving that factor? Because that was one of the things like Alta was driving the established OEMs to have to take electric dirt bikes seriously, right. and now they aren't there. Like who's who's driving it? Zero. They were the wingman, man. They took the bullet for everyone. Zero basically. doesn't have a real dirt bike. Uh, Zero's got a Street Fighter. Hello. Do that. We'll get to that. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not impressed. Uh, I read, <laughs> but but they don't have like even like the bike that they call like their dirt bike really isn't like a dirt bike. Dirt bike. You might be able to go play on some fire roads. Some, um, you might be able to do some less aggressive riding. 
I took a that Panag- like the Buell Ulysses of dirt uh, of electric. Yeah, dirt bikes. I mean, I took a Panigale off road. You can do it to a certain extent. It doesn't you can mean that, do it. Like, it doesn't mean it's good at the task. And I feel no. like the same way with the zero. Where it's like, yeah, you you made a good like eighty twenty bike. Right. Good. Good for you. you. Made a good eighty twenty bike, but it's not a dirt bike. And so, who's in the space pushing KTM to bring out their electric dirt bike? Who's in the space pushing Honda to bring out a, an electric, you know, CRF model? Um, you know, there's no one there, and I don't think like any of those companies have it in their best interest to make electrics, other than maybe this idea that with electrics come millennials. Yeah. And I don't know if that's really the case, but I mean, it might be more of the case than than gas bikes. So that's the thing that like I kind of struggle with. It's like there's no there's no like I'm thinking like in Darwinian evolution, there's no you know environmental factor or environmental force that is driving you know them that direction. So I think if 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 I had some kind of a magical prism to look through and kind of be able to see the future and see who's going to do it. I, I, I would guess, and, and you can, you know, way more about the technical side of the industry than I do, but I would guess a company like KTM would probably do it first. KTM it, is the closest. I mean, we've, they've, they actually have like a, like know, a, a low a, a model out there that right. I, I got so much cat hair on me. You, you what are now f- wearing a second what the fuck, uh, sweater. Are you warmer? Do you feel oh more insulated? Gosh, this is ridiculous. Just She's like, here standing next to me, like pet me, but I know it's going to reveal to me getting hissed at. So, like, start brushing her. Or listen something. here, you little lioness. I'm not that afraid of you, furry little terrorist. <laughs> um, I mean, KTM has their electric dirt bike, the uh, the Freeride E. Yeah, but it's not like a replacement for the 350 or anything. No, like that. and that's the thing. And, it, and even then, it's kind of like a three quarters bike. It's just right, and it's not it's not very robust. It, it does have the the hot swap battery pack which is cool um but i mean it's not replacing like yeah if you said it's not replacing a 350 or 250 or 450 in the lineup in time if anything it's like a 125 ish yeah but i i feel like they as a company because they they sort of i don't i don't know if they own the dirt segment but they're one of the biggest driving forces in the dirt segment. i would say they own the dirt so I, i could see where they could probably they're like half the market in the u.s they really are uh, I mean, at one point, if they still aren't, they were the one of the fastest, biggest growing motorcycle companies in the in, in the world. Um, so I can see them going that direction sort of safely and being able to say, all right, we have another dirt bike that is now a good replacement for a 300 or a 350. Um, so that, that's that's sort of my uh, predicament pre- uh, prediction for the future. I'm literally pulling hair out of my mouth. I mean, you I'm should sorry. not put her I head in your mouth. Gonna, this is why I got to stop making out with the cat. This is She's it. very cute, though. You put up that picture of her, and it was like, ah, Dakota Kitty. Oh, my God. What has happened to me? <laughs> this, is, this is going sideways on me so quick. I got there's fur on the microphone. How like your even beard happen? looks longer suddenly. <laughs> All right. We've got to power through this. We've got to power through. Uh, <laughs> look at this. There's like fur right here. Oh my gosh. All over the recorder. And now everybody knows you are Coda's a human. What if I'm the pet and Coda's the owner? Uh, that is the question every cat owner has ever said. Yeah, I know. Pay the rent and get the fuck out, says the cat. So the only thing I can see with KTM that's interesting is that they still do the two-stroke thing. And I can see them from, and I, and I see the two-stroke thing as a part of a, let's just saturate, saturate the space. 
four strokes, two strokes, no strokes, yep. all the strokes. If if it's got two wheels and goes off road, we want to make sure we build it. And th- and their street bike kind of uh, lineup is kind of the same way. Where it's just like every fucking segment, everything, we need to have everything. A bike yeah. in there. Except a super sport or a super bike, which is weird from the ready to race uh, brand. But we'll get that. So I mean, I they can, literally have one of the best street fighters on the fucking planet. Just put some fairings on it, will you? Right, uh. right. So I could see from that perspective where they could say, "Hey, we're trying to. They want to. They want to be the next Honda. They want to disrupt Honda, and they want to saturate all the spaces." So I could see from that perspective where they'd be like, "Let's make an electric motorcycle because Honda's not there yet, and that's a great like little feather in our hat, and we right. can get ahead of the game." And we know some people want to do electric dirt bikes. It may not be like a big game changer, but you know, there are people out there and we want to own that space and own it early. I could see it. I could see that maybe being the case. Right. But I worry with that without Alta, there's less of a push to get that done. And that for me is the big, big tragedy of the whole situation. Aside from the fact I thought Alta as a brand and as a company really had a good product and was going somewhere. Right. But I think it was because that they were at such a high level that they were a legitimate threat to these established brands. And that's, that was great for the space because the motorcycle industry is so stagnant. And if motorcycle sales are down, especially in the United States, I think it's because we've just been so stagnant. We've been doing motorcycling the same way for so long. Oh, yeah. And in such a baby boomer mindset that we've, we're, we are the guys with the a track who are looking at yeah. Spotify and thinking that's stupid. Well, it's funny. I mean, you look at that, Energica bike and that rear suspension setup. Like that's the thing that cracks me up about motorcycling. We're we're doing the same shit over and over and over again. Suspension looks the same. When was the last time suspension changed? Like what major thing changed in suspension? Well, at least we see people playing with like different front ends and different types of linkages and things like that. And there's like a good especially in the off-road sector, there's a great debate about um, you know, a progressive ratio versus like a standard ratio, like linkage versus no linkage, you know, and KTM has its side of the theory and Honda has its side of the right. theory and people talk about it. And so there's a little bit of that going on, but Hey, you know, you said KTM makes a bike in pretty much every segment. They don't have a gold wing, but if they did Austria's national birds, the barn swallow. How do you know that? Google. <laughs> what, what led you? The KTM barn swallow. I just like, Coda's finally licking her butt after she's smeared <laughs> cat poop all over me. <laughs> Thanks, asshole. God. I'm on board with the KTM Barn Swallow. Barn Swallow. That's their bird. Are we not be doing the, phrasing? Be the, be the, be the direct uh, See, I am contender to the gold wing. Legitimately the Barn Swallow. I'm typing Barn Swallow into Google, and I'm legitimately concerned. <laughs> ah, Brat Talk, where we swallow mm. in the barn. Barn Swallow. This is why we don't have advertisers. <laughs> to be fair, they kept it pretty clean. Oh, is my safe search on? <laughs> yeah, that's probably why. That's no fun. Um, so yeah, Nergica, cool, Alta, sad. Um, that kind of leads us to to what you were teasing. The Zero SRF. Yeah. Finally came out. Finally. And you're, we you're, have a local Zero dealer now. We do. So I'm, I'm gonna go ride the shit out of one. Jokes on you, Zero, for for taking me off your process like two or three times now and <laughs> never inviting me launches. I can just go down the street now and That's ride right. all the bikes I want. I can go four miles away and ride whatever Zero can, we want to ride. I can ride all the reviews I want. You can't do mm. anything about it. Mm. Um, so you like this bike, don't you? I uh, I like its looks. I like its aesthetics, and really? I can't believe I just said that sentence about a Zero. 
Hit me. I will say it looks better. It okay. It looks like sort of like the CB one thousand R. Okay, here, and here. I like that bike a lot. So clearly, I like that style. Okay, okay. I mean, I'm a naked bike guy. I get on it. Uh, I'm all about that that kind of okay. look. It's like the toughest friendly looking bike I've ever seen. That's, that's why I'm funny. Like it's it's still very friendly and cute looking. I think like it's not super sexy, but it's like the zeros version of sexy, which is pre- like like the girl next door just put on a bikini. You're like, all right, okay. Well, we're gonna play a game here. Um, let me type this in. I'm not gonna tell you what this is. Da, da, da. I think the least sexy part of that bike is the belt drive Ugh. final drive piece yeah, they're like they're really it's very like, like it's very buell um what was it called the 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 500 cc buell blast the blast yeah so i mean there's there's not some, a compliment you can make i can i've heard the argument for the belt drive and i go like yeah okay you're you're not wrong but there is the expectation in the market for a chain. Now, okay, so she look at that. It's just ugly. Yeah, yeah. Well, you notice how it's not concentric because they fucked up the renders. Uh, <laughs> okay, look. so you look at this. Yep. This is this is a zero. Uh-huh. And now look at this. Compare this. Hmm. It's like a, it's like going to the eye doctor. This is number one or number two, number or one this or number two. Can, so can, I'm can. showing Shaheen an old motorcycle. Yeah, the Bramo old... Impulse R. Uh huh. Do you, do you see a, fam, a familial resemblance? Oh, absolutely. That's because uh, an ex-Bramo engineer came over to Zero, uh, and this SRF is kind of like his first creation at the company. Uh, he wanted to make it stick. So there is kind of like a, oh, hey, you, you made another Bramo Impulse. That's cool. The thing that kind of kills me, though, is this trellis frame. Yeah, I was looking at that. And it's just like someone like said, like, hey, we, we got to make this bike sexy. So yeah. let's... What's, what do the, all the sexy bikes have? They all have trellis frames. Let's make a trellis frame, but it's like the most like squarish, yeah, boxiest. It doesn't, really fit. it doesn't fit the lines of the tank and the seat and everything. It's like literally someone just said like trellis frame and then like, let's make right angles. And that's always been Zero's yeah. issue is like all these right angles. I don't know. I was expecting more from the battery pack. They haven't really improved there. The motor's got a lot more power, so that's impressive. Like, is it a street fighter or a street? I'm going to call this a roadster. Roadster. All right. So like a BMW R1200R. I'm putting this. So bikes I put in the roadster category. Monsters. Takata Monsters. Not like the 1200s though. Yeah, that's a roadster. Really? It's not a street fighter. Yeah, you're right. All right. It's a little bit sportier than a naked because a naked to me is like standard. What we used to call a standard. Yeah, yeah. So I, I put the Roadster as like a sportier standard that isn't quite insane like a Street Fighter is. Um, Triumph Speed Triple, I put it in a Roadster category. Oh, man. The Speed Triple, Speed Triple. Honda CB1000R. R. I put that in a Roadster category. Man, you and I have different de- definition of Roadster. Um, I would have thought like the R9 is a Roadster. I call the R9 T a Roadster. But I wouldn't put that in the like same a, category like a as the Monster 1200S. Or a, or a speed triple. Roadster. I'm trying to think. Roadster GT. That's what they are. They're a little beefier roadsters. Like GT, a little bit faster. GT implies like touring. And uh, right. and stuff. Roadster R's. I'm going roadster. I, I, put the, I put the BMW somewhere between a standard. Naked. I mean, I understand there's a spectrum. So like where you want to make the lines on that spectrum right. is going to be a little arbitrary. And the R9T. 
Well, because nowadays, if you talk Street Fighter, you want like 160 plus horses. Yeah. So like the KTM. But I also think more sporty. Like like I think of to be a Street Fighter, you have to have a sporty side to it where you're going to probably like the, the whole idea of a street fighter is a super bike without fairings. Yep. So when you start stripping away like the electronic aids, you start making less power and you start being like kind of just more like pick your drive mode and go. Yeah. That's when you're in like roadster car- territory for me. That's what like did it for me with the speed triple, which was the original street fighter. Yeah. That's but why I'm sad to hear it go away. I'm having that bike processing so that. much. That I said, I'm like, yeah, it's a sport bike, but it's not a street fighter. Not anymore. It's a, it's a roadster. It better start making 160 yeah. plus horses and handle really, really, it really well. Needs a little well. more power. It needs a little bit more of a customizable electronics package. Yeah. It needs a little bit more teeth. It needs a little bit more edgier style. Although that's maybe not fair to the speed triple because that's kind of got an iconic style thing that they're doing. Bring back the round lights. But the monster, like the monster, is super blunted to me. It has become. It has become. Well, I mean, the latest iteration is a more svelte version. But like that 2000 and. Mm-hmm whatever it was 2014 to 2016 model was just this fat lazy like low sitting i don't know it's just a sportier standard and that and that's kind of where i dropped the the srf the zero in oh, um so it's in it's in pretty good company i think the thing that kills me is they're still doing these j1 breaks <laughs> and i just sit there twenty four thousand dollars. i want a little bit Dude. more Actually, I want a lot more uh, quality with brake and suspension at the very least. And this is where we get back to that DC fashion. So it's only level two charging. It's up to 12 kilowatts of charging, which is pretty good. That's yeah. going to charge your battery. I think they're quoting like 90 minutes or something like that. Um, Who do you think is their buyer for this? Who's buying this? Okay, so that's the thing, right? You're in the market for, I mean, it starts at $20,000, but you're going to probably want to pay the twenty three. So yeah, it starts at nineteen for the standard model. If you want the charger, which you do, you're yeah, going to pay twenty one. Or sorry, if you're going to want the the premium trim, you're going to pay twenty one. If you want the charger, which you do, twenty three thousand three hundred dollars. That's a lot of Think dough, of man. All the bikes that are in that category. That's a lot of dough. You're in Super Duke territory. You're I in would Tuono bet territory. Money the upcoming Street Fighter that I'm putting <laughs> a lot of bets on. Is going to be at that price range, if not less. Yeah, I would. Ducati's been going on the higher end with pricing. I think that bike will be US twenty twenty one thousand, which yeah. is ridiculous. Guess what I'm buying? I mean, again, that's coming from me, who's someone that believes in the electric movement. But that's this the bike, thing. This bike does not. I will look at an Energica before I look at this a hundred times over. If you can't convince me, the guy who started his career on electric motorcycles, yeah. who is all about the electric motorcycle thing, who's like a child of the digital age and and firmly believes that this is the future. If you can't convince me, then what are you doing wrong? This is a very, very, very good-looking bike in Zero's catalog. Which is such a low bar. <laughs> right, that's what I'm... Like, they, they have made some of the least sexy-looking motorcycles I've ever seen, and I know I'm not getting any kudos from them for saying this. So... Well, great, you're, great my job association with, to Mishihin, you've already been banned. <laughs> I mean, I kind of get what they're doing. These guys are trying to make like the, the, I guess, the daily commuter motorcycles, right? And so by making this sort of Street Fighter-esque looking bike, and I don't even know if that's what they were trying to call it, the SRF, but uh, it's got a little more grunt. I imagine it's got better range. What are we? What are we saying? No, that's the thing. It's going to have miles? so compared to the SR model, it's its sister bike. It has worse range <laughs> because it's heavier, 
has wider tires and the motor has more power, so you're more likely to chew it up oh, when you're whacking the up. throttle. So it actually gets worse range than its predecessor. So that's the thing that kind of kills me. We're like, okay, so like you have better charging, you'll be able to refill the battery pack quicker, which is good. Forward progress. I still think it should have DC fast charging. Huge mistake not having that. And Zero's like, oh, but there's not enough, there's no DC fast charging infrastructure. Bullshit. Yeah, bullshit. Bullshit. They're all over the place. I was just looking in Portland. We've got like literally a thousand of them. And then that's the thing. I mean, if they're, let's get something straight. These electric bikes are going to be for most inner city type places, right? So major metropolitan places. Every one of those places has, I don't know how many thousand Teslas running around it. Well, the hard part is, is, is Tesla isn't letting other companies. Well, I should say that. You can't take a zero and go to a Tesla supercharger and charge it. Okay. So, the- but zero had the option, had the ability to go to Tesla and say, Hey, we would like to be able to charge our motorcycles at your supercharger. What is that going to cost us? Right. Tesla made it very clear. They are willing to let other manufacturers use their, their fast chargers if they pay into the system. So what's the caveat then? Is it super expensive? Oh, I have no idea. I mean, who, who would know? But yeah, they're going to have to pay some nominal fee to Tesla to allow that to happen. But that could have been their angle. But there's there's a shit ton of Tesla superchargers, and there's there's DC fat chargers, DC fat chargers, DC <laughs> fast chargers, PHAT chargers outside yo. of Tesla's network all over the place. There, there is there's an entire network up and down Interstate Five between Washington and, and Oregon. There's a whole bunch of them in California where most motorcycles are sold. I shouldn't say most, but a lot. A lot, like, yeah. You know, good chunk, good chunk of zeros are being sold in California. I'll tell you that. Uh, I think I just saw Hollywood Electrics is they're the number one zero dealer in America. They sold like 500 bucks a year. Wow. And that's, that's I a mean, lot. The numbers I'm seeing on zeros production are between 750 units to 1500 units a year. So that one dealership's like a third just of the huge chunk of it. Yeah. So the point I'm trying to make is this, if you go to a major city and you see a lot of Tesla's chances are you're going to see other electric cars, the Nissan Leafs, the, Right. I don't know if Fiat still makes a 500e or not, but there's a lot of these little cars running all over the place, BMW i3s and i8s. You can't go to a grocery store without seeing electric only parking. You well, can't go to a major parking structure without seeing electric. Not all of those are DC fast chargers. A lot of those are I level think class two chargers. 2s is what they call them. So level 2 is that that's the 240. And right. that's what Zero has done. They're they're saying like ours is a level 2 charger. And that's like where you kind of get into this thing where it's like there's a lot there are a lot of level two chargers out there and they're pretty yeah. you know ubiquitous but you're not going to be able uh, the future let's put it this way the future of electric motorcycles is not on level two charging it's on dc fast charging yeah, it needs to charge up quickly that architecture and then maybe something that replaces it later because i think dc fast charging kind of peters out around like one megawatt the, the, this is where harley could own the fucking market by putting a dc fast charger in every dealership so they are. Woo! Five percent. So, where where is where is Brap Talks five percent on this idea? So so I talked to them today. They weren't quite on board with our idea where they should own the network, but they were telling me that every so there'll be two hundred dealers, Harley Davidson dealers that are selling that have committed to Livewire. They're okay. gonna sell Livewire, their technicians are trained on it and all that jazz. And a part of that is that they have to have at least one consumer facing DC fast charger at their location nice and a lot of them are putting in more than one smart so basically you just made overnight 
a 200 motorcycle or 200 location network of Harley Davidson dealers to, to recharge your yeah. live bar. And I bet if I looked, I bet if we p- took out a map and let, let's say, I don't think we're getting range on. No, they're really not talking. Oh, they are talking range. Uh, combine. Well, this is okay. This is a little tough. It gets a little tricky because when you go at 70 miles an hour, it's different range. It really kills it. So there's, they're quoting, uh, 88 miles on city highway combined riding, which is a pretty normal standard. Yeah. That's your Um, average commute. You're a little bit on the highway, a little bit on the city. So I would love to sit down with a map and look at, I mean, I guess you can't do it because we don't know which dealers are doing the live wire or not, but let's say like all of them eventually do it. I would love to plot a map of all the Harley Davidson dealers, draw a, let's say, 100-mile radius around each one. Right. I bet you can connect a lot of dots. I bet that covers a lot of ground on places you want to go. I'd be curious. I don't know if it covers everything. Yeah. I don't think the range on the live wire is going to be... I'm I, I'm trying to do the math. I can't... They won't talk about it. Harley, help us ride one from here to Sturgis. How I cool think, would that be? I don't... Well, that's probably, that's probably something you won't be able to do because Montana's a fucking big state. Fuck, man. You're trying to get people to Sturgis. Everyone trailers to Sturgis anyway. Shane. I know. Come on. I know. But up and down the coast? Yeah. 100%. I bet you could do that. Um, but I, see, I think the the live wire only has about a 10 kilowatt hour pack nominal. So that's not a low range. It really needs no. like a next iteration. They really need to find like the next like chemistry. A 15 maybe? 13 and a half? 20. Yeah. I mean, the bike, that's a big bike. Like, yeah. Who's, this is the thing, right? We, you know, we kind of snob our noses at a you know 600 pound Energica superbike. Yeah. 600 pound cruiser ain't shit. No. That's no, a lighter than my Goldwing. Yeah. <laughs> By a lot. So there's no real, like, there's no argument against, like, you could totally make a 30 kilowatt hour bike. It's going to cost a grip. And the, and the live wire already does. It's almost a $30,000 bike. Whoa, yeah. Which is tough. But I do think it's really smart that Harley Davidson is, is using their dealerships as charging points. And then on top of that, you still have the, what, America has a pretty robust DC fast charging network. Absolutely. Like you, you can, can get, find your you way around. You can get it done. Yeah. So I don't know. Like I, Zero's whole thing was like, oh, well, DC charging isn't enough of the thing yet. And that's why we didn't put it on the Zero. And I kind of go like, bullshit. You can look at charge point. Yeah. You can look at Tesla's structure. If you were willing to pay into Tesla's model, you could do it. Charge point has no shortage of them. We've got a bunch of 50 kilowatt hour ones, kilowatt hour, 50 kilowatt ones here in town. Um, I don't know if we have any 75 or 125s. You know, those are the real, those are the real fast ones. I, I think there that's why a it's a little hard. I've, to I've say. looked at a map because when I had my little electric Fiat, yeah, I got kind of curious and looked at like the charging maps. There's a couple of them, but they're rare. What did your Fiat use? Was it level two? Or? Uh, my head's about to explode at that question because my Fiat had its own proprietary bullshit little plug. I couldn't go to the grocery store and use theirs. Oh. It didn't fit. See, that's such a mess. And truthfully, Alta did that too, and it was kind of a mess. It, it's so, and that's that's the one thing that I hope Harley doesn't do because no, 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 no. It is there's a standardized plug that that's how it should be. As soon as you as soon as you do that, where it's proprietary and only people can only use yours, you're you're you're. And that's when the screwing stupid, the whole thing up. Yeah, that's one of the stupid things because Tesla's is a pr- proprietary plug too. Yeah. Um, or at least on certain vehicles it is, I should say. I think I think the Model 3 now is the standard DC fast charge, but I think the Model S, and it really depends on what year we're talking about, but they started out their superchargers right. on a proprietary It's very short-sighted, plug. so I imagine they've probably changed it. But like it's early days. I mean, that's the thing. Um, getting back to the Zero, like 
I'm kind of with you. Like, I think this is the best zero that's ever been made. <laughs> yeah. But well, maybe this is a new direction for them. But here's, here's the thing that kills me with this bike. The one thing that, that really grinds my gears as it were. I heard you know what grinds my gears. There was so much hype over this bike. So much, so many stupid like clickbait it was images a and two month long teaser, and I had a lot of like kind of inside people being like, "This bike's gonna be rad." Wait, wait and see, Johnson. This is gonna, this is the bike that's gonna save the company. This is the bike that is gonna change your mind about zero. This is like the future. This is this is the one, buddy. It'll probably bring some new buyers in. I, I don't know don't that price so. range, but no, I know I don't the looks so. of it. I don't think so at all. You I don't, don't think, think so? I think they sell... Because I feel like the zero lovers are already I think, there. I think they sell 100 to 200 of these tops. Really? Yeah. Well, it is a price point. Well, and, I, and I would bet closer to the 100 than the 200 side of that. Because, because Shane, it's $20,000. So much money. It starts at 19 and goes up to 23. Like, there's just... Like, we've proven that market just is only so big. And truthfully, you've already sold a zero to them. And it's like, I don't want to buy a $23,000 bike that has show suspension. Now, to be fair, the separate function forks are great. The rear shock doesn't look like it's the fancy shock. It looks no. like it's the boring shock. Yeah, it doesn't even look. So, I, I wonder if it's adjustable. Nah, it is adjustable, be. but J1 brakes. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, at that price point, there's certain expectations from like a B2B component perspective. Right. That I just feel like this is lacking. It, it doesn't have quite the sex appeal of of a Ducati or a KTM or an Aprilia. Um, it's got the sex appeal of a Ducati Monster Eight Twenty One, uh, but it costs twice as much. It's just like I look at the passenger peg thing, and that looks weird to me. Well, that's they. This is if you remember the old Ducati Monsters when they first yeah. the, the the liquid cools when they first Those came look out. Weird to me too. They had that same issue, and everybody complained about they it. There was an, there was a major issue there. So I can't believe these guys didn't do a little bit of homework on. I that. just keep seeing it. Just I just keep seeing a Bramo, and like that bike wasn't exactly blowing the the doors off the mm-hmm. world. Here here is what I'm going to try to do. I'm going to try and hold off any extra criticism of this thing until I get to ride. True. It. Totally fair. Got to ride it. I think it's going to be a pretty fun bike to ride. Yeah. But for me, that's just, that's not the bar. Like, that's like, oh, you made a motorcycle. It's fun to ride. Cool. Yeah. It's still $20,000. And there's a lot more bikes in that category. Yeah. That are way more fun to ride. And I don't have to make all the excuses about an electric. That's the problem. And I think that's the part that Zero doesn't understand. It's like, I didn't really want like a new sportier roadster from them. I wanted a bike that got twice as much range yeah, or cost half as much. Like I already accept zero for the company that it is. Now just make something that does more. It is still called a zero. (laughs) What do you ride a zero? Zero. Okay. You know, because zero emissions, Jensen. The only thing that's worse than that, and this is what I want to wrap up on. We're going to end on a high note. Uh, How do you feel about, buying a bike called a fuel <laughs> fuel me once fuel me twice <laughs> is that a the fuel yeah so is so that a fuel the story behind this this is eric buell's latest project uh it eventually it was originally called the vanguard spark because vanguard motorcycles it's a firm in new york uh that made kind of like a confederate looking roadster cruiser thing yeah um, which you know i'm you already know i'm into that yeah i know you are <laughs> and spark um spark racing is involved in the, form, the formula e championship yep i've heard of that cars name. and they kind of got together to make this 
electric motorcycle slash bicycle company, and Eric Buell is on board now. Okay. And so they've renamed the company Fuel. F-U-E-L-L. <laughs> which which Google hates, by the way. Every time you type you that, mean? did you mean fuel? Listen, Google, one stop L? telling me what did I mean. You, did you, you hit the L key twice like a moron? <laughs> which is what I would Did you ask. have a seizure when you put your finger on the L? It took me half a second, then I was like, oh, because you can't say Buell, so you're going to go with fuel. And then the motorcycle... Wait, is, does he still not own that name? No, he doesn't own his name. Anymore. I thought he... No. I thought that ended. Well, Harley has that. Oh, Harley. Harley's never letting that go. Damn, it's the guy's last name. Dude, they got, they're like the shark <sighs> tank. They got so many sharks in there. Holy moly. Lawyers ain't going to ever let that go. That tank is small. Not, that thing's massive with many, many, many sharks in yeah, it. Yeah, there's blood in the water. Um, the motorcycle is called the Flow. Uh-huh. That's the cool looking one. That's the one you like. I'm right, not going cool to call one. it the cool looking one. I'm going to say it's the one you like. It just looks like it belongs in that movie Akira. Finally, somebody made no, that bike. No, shut up with that shit. Come on. It's shut <laughs> your <laughs> Look at that mouth. rear wheel. It's got a thingy on it. Because that's the motor. They put the motor in the wheel. Does Eric Buell not understand <laughs> unsprung Eric mass? Eric loves, loves that Does shit. Does he not understand like, <laughs> like the moment of inertia? <laughs> like no one no one who's serious is I using love, I'm a sorry wheel that motor. it doesn't have a zero torsional whatever the fuck brake on well, it. Well, he doesn't own that either. Anymore. Damn it. <laughs> He lost Actually, his name he, and his brakes. Does he? I don't know where that. that I don't. Th- I didn't out. think he ever owned that. I thought it was just the technology that he was able to use. Truthfully, I don't know. Even if he did have a patent on it, I don't know how enforceable that patent is because there's so much prior art in the space. Yeah, that it's just like nobody. You did definitely did not. I feel like they need to put that. at least that brake on that bike. That would make this bike oh my so make freakishly it. weird no, to me. It so much more. Oh, I love it so much more because of that. I love weird shit and this is as weird of a shit as it well, gets so then they've got the e-assist bike the e, the e-bike pedal assist bike i should say and that's called the fluid so i got a fuel flow and a fuel <laughs> fluid and that's like the hardest thing to say like you can't say that name drunk like you're it's just not gonna happen it's the flow one s the flow ones oh my gosh <laughs> you just sit there and like can you guys margaret your way out of a cardboard box you you're making zero look good why is it called the flow the flow oh it looks really cool it looks super unique and weird and i like that it's this is a bike you would see at the one show and be like man that's interesting i really liked the bicycle before they iterated on it again i actually thought it looked kind of cool wait would they add to it or change it? uh let me show you if i can pull it up where's the where's the stupid i mean this picture that you've put up on a and r looks like a 3d rendering but oh yeah like even the tires look really cool on it almost definitely is so this is what the bike looked like that looks kind of cool. Whoa. That's kind of futuristic. That I, is super futuristic. I got into it, and then and now it's just like, oh, that's a mountain bike. That's a mountain bike All with right, a really cool. robust frame. Cool. Mountain, cool mountain bike, bro. So is the frame like where the battery goes? Yeah. Because that's the thing Buell likes to do, put the, the energy in the frame. One of my commenters said that, and I was like, bravo. I've trained, Slow you. Clap. I've Slow trained clap. you so well. You're a good reader, you. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, the pricing is a little high. It's like 11 G's for the motorcycle. Yeah, but the bicycle is right at, I the mean, bicycle's I looked at, at 3,300. Yeah, it's about the, the right price. It makes sense in the e-bike realm, especially, it actually has quite a bit of battery on board. Now, I can't tell if, because they almost have a kilowatt of energy on board. Wow. I can't tell if that's at the 3,300 price point or if it's just with one battery. Um, So, yeah, I mean, these things are still renders. It's just really fucking flow. I don't know. I'm going to go bold prediction then so they make almost none of these. In fact, I'm almost kind of curious how they're funded. But it's Do you just think it's just like, like a project they did just to be able to pitch it to someone? 
Yeah, I'm always when you don't is there see a GoFundMe happening that I don't, don't know about. You don't see like a physical model. Now they're saying they're going to tease out more stuff in the next month or two, and maybe this is just a part of the strategy. We're going to give them renders in March. We'll give them a physical bike in April. We'll right. get bikes riding in June. You know, I don't know what their their go to market strategy is, but like I always get a little leery when I haven't seen an actual physical machine. Yeah, these are all renders, and I'm like, well, this might be this might be a photo. Of the bicycle. You know, I was just looking at that. I was wondering if that. But I don't think any of the motor. I don't think any of the of the flows are real. <laughs> uh, the flow is very the real. Flow is very. Yeah, yeah. These are all renders. <sighs> Change the name. Change the name right now. Dude. I don't want to call it the flow. I don't want to. I don't want to call it the fuel. flow any more than I want to call it the fucking zero. I don't want to call it the fuel. And then what's what's the play on words there? Like I get it. It's Eric Buell's name with an F. But this is but give like, me fuel. Give the, me fire. Give me that. What you desire. If it was another gas bike, maybe fuel makes sense. But there's no fuel in this bike. It's all batteries. Ugh. I feel like a fuel for for believing you. <laughs> I mean, that's the don't have to be fueled into this. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I'm, like all that name does is make bad puns and jokes that aren't Damn in your favor. Eric Beal, you kill me sometimes. I do like the flow. <laughs> I mean, I don't like the name, but I think it's a cool looking you know, bike. I wish, him, I wish him all the luck. You know, I want to see more players in the space. Uh, I like oh, crazy Buell ideas. Is such a, I mean, he's he's a cool name. Everybody knows the Buell name. He's always been known for yeah. weird, cool, kitschy motorcycles. That don't sell. That unfortunately don't sell. Like but, none of but them have ever sold. But his ideas are neat. Right? Like, I, I root for the guy because he makes these neat, weird ideas. I but, love the dreamers. I love the guys that are going to like risk it and think outside the box and say like, "You said I can't do it, and I'm going to do it anyways." Like more power to you for that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm. I've always been a big fan of him. I've always been unabashedly a big fan of Eric Buell. So I hope somehow he makes this happen because I would love to see his name still be a you know, a relevant thing in this industry. But really, the flow. I love to be proven wrong about these things, Shaheen. Like, like I feel very right, but I would love to be so wrong. Prove yeah. me wrong. Prove I would wrong. love that. That would make Fight my me. that would make my 2019 if I get proven wrong on this. Yeah, that's all I can say about it. Um, and with that, sir, I don't know. I got nothing else. No, I'm done. Eric Buell tap me out. Eric Buell, you win this round. Um, more stuff coming out with the live wire soon. We're still they still haven't really given us any hard tech details. That kind of kills me. They're really playing this like I don't want to tell you what's up yet. Yeah. because like, like they gave me zero to sixty times. You're like, well, what the fuck am I supposed to do with that? Yeah. You know, like, that doesn't tell me anything. And they're like, well, we don't have our exact specs figured out. I'm like, well, if you can tell me your zero to 60 time, then you know what this thing weighs and you know how much power and <laughs> torque you're making. We don't want to that's, tell that's you basically about it. what that is. And if you know what your range is, you know what your battery size is going to be and what your average, like, power consumption is going to be. So, like, you have all these numbers. If you're telling me that these are official numbers that the production bikes will meet, then that means you have other numbers that you know the production bike can meet. Yeah, you definitely have them. And they're, Maybe they're like, just holding them as trump cards. I think they're just gonna get. I think truthfully, I think they're kind of like looking at what's in the market and be like, okay, guys, yeah, that zero's got a, uh, it's got a, uh, you know, twelve point six kilowatt hour pack. Maybe uh, the we twelve point seven. Twelve point seven would be great. Can we get up to twelve point seven? Or they, or they say like, hey, we're gonna come out with an eight. Now we got to make sure we come out with a with a ten because the fluid flows. Because the fluid flows. <laughs> so I'll be. Oh my god. Does, <sighs> Got some interesting ads on asphalt and rubber right now. Listen, the um, electric side is has an uphill battle on it. Stop naming it stupid things. You know that's what kills me. Maybe I, it's because Harley names their bikes things like Fat Boy and Fat Bob. These guys think they can also name weird things. The thing is, Harley's been around for over a hundred years. They can do shit like that. They can get away with it a little bit because they also make thirty models of the same bike. So <laughs> you have to get a little creative with it. 
They just came out with it. What was it today? The uh, the uh, Electroglide standard. What was the stupid? I didn't even look at it. I swear. Right, that's a bad thing to admit that you didn't even look at like the press release from the largest <laughs> American manufacturer. What was it called? Electric Glide Standard. I gotta look at this. Uh, it's just it's just a Electric Glide Standard. It's less dressed down dresser. Oh, okay, so the Electric Glide Standard used to be what they used for police bikes. Oh. Um it was basically so a learning night now. This huh? is great. It's basically a cop bike. So it's blacked out. Which is funny. Yeah, because if you look at it, it doesn't have anything. It doesn't have like the the touchscreen, infotainment system, all that shit. It's I don't even know why they bother calling it electric glide standard. It's basically like a dummy a down version of the street bike. glide. I think it's I think it's a price point. It's very much a price point. Eighteen I love this. The price point? Nineteen thousand dollars. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, because if you want to get a street glide that's just like this one, you're like in the mid to high twenty thousand dollar range. That's true. This is basically a police bike. Shaheen, it's this or a zero. <laughs> I'd buy the zero. <laughs> I probably would too, to be fair. Yeah, I'd buy the zero. This does this. nothing for me. No, no. Nothing. Been there, done that. Got the t shirt, literally. Yeah, look at you. You're wearing it today. <laughs> this is my Barcelona Harley shirt I'm wearing. Okay. Um Yeah, I'm kind of curious to see what the specs are. I'm very curious to see how many uh, live wires get sold. They got 200 dealers on board in the US. Uh, listen, they sell there, like, let's if, say they sell five. That's a thousand bikes. Yeah. That's not bad. No, that's great. $30,000 a pop. There are plenty of very, very affluent Harley buyers out there. And at least a couple of them are going to go, no, oh, that's interesting. That's the way of the future. Let me try it out. I get to take it to the next bike show or bike night or whatever and go check it out. This is my live wire. And if I want to fill it up, you know what I do? I just go back to my Harley dealer, have a cup of shitty coffee and fill it up real quick. I mean, I don't know what the margin is, but let's just say, let's just go off like revenue. I wonder if it costs them a hundred million dollars to make this bike or not. Probably not. But if it was break even points, like 3000 bikes. Yeah. That's not bad. Like that's not bad. They could do that. The Harley? I feel like they could. Especially worldwide. We're just talking about America. That's true. That's worldwide. Yeah. Yeah. They could do that for I, sure I, worldwide. I think they're so smart for, for having at least 200 dealers on board with getting these uh, these charging. I think they're going to match zero in, in, in sales this year. I think they're going to do- With a $30,000 bike. With a $30,000. I think they're going to get about 1,000 to 1,500 of these sold this year. Or All let's right. give, them, I'll give them, I'll give them 365 days. 365 days, and they're going to sell 1,000 to 1,500 of these. I, I, in a way, I hope in you're the US. Right. In the U.S. In the U.S. I think in the worldwide, we're closer to two. All right. Those are some, those are some, those are some real numbers. That's my gut. That's some, that's some real numbers right there. Because I just, I mean, look at their total volume now. They're doing about 200,000 bikes a year worldwide. So yeah. they just get 1%. Just a tiny, just that's a just tiny 1%. fraction. That's Absolutely. 1% of their buyer needs Absolutely. to convert over. One idiot with this Dynaglide AstroTurf. Whatever model, trade that in and be like, oh yeah, I'll get that electric one because I got four other Harleys. What Fat do I glide, care? Astro Turf Glide. Astro That's glide. the crazy part. That's the crazy part to me. Like they have such a wide user base, you only need to get one percent. But we're betting on them just doing one percent. They could do five to ten. Well, probably not. But they could, let's say, do five percent. If they do five percent, that's huge. They're going to own the electric motorcycle side of the whole equation. Well, that's the thing. I think. I think. That's the masterstroke for the live wire that I think people are missing is overnight they're going to probably double the U.S. electric motorcycle sales volume. Yeah. 
They're going to overnight create their own DC fast charging system or network on top of what's already out there. Right. When's Harley going to let us borrow one of these things? Oh, that's a good question. I did get wind on when the press ride is, and that's going to be in the summer. Where? Uh, Looks like I'm going to Germany, which is weird. Oh, yeah, that's okay. Is that like Harley knows they already have the U.S. market's attention? They got to go see what Europe is doing? I don't know. Well, because, I mean, isn't rumor about a lot of the European Union countries going full electric on vehicles There's by, a like, lot of push. 2021? The push in Europe is a lot stronger than it is in the U.S. So there is a feeling that a bike like this is going to sell better in Europe than it is in the U.S., which yeah. is very interesting to me. Um, but I think part of it is that they just like going somewhere cool. I don't understand, like, Berlin. Berlin's a pretty fun city. Berlin's a rad city. Yeah. Love Berlin. But like not the place I think of when I'm gonna go ride a bike. But that might be the thing because I'm thinking like, oh, we're gonna go on a press ride, so we're gonna go in the Alps, or we're gonna go right. to south of Spain, or we're gonna go to the Canary Islands, or heck, we even do it in the U.S. We're gonna go to Laguna Seca. We're gonna go to Austin. We're gonna you go guys are gonna go tear down some motherfucking walls. We're just gonna go to rip teach people a- how to ride electric. We're gonna bikes. go rip around in a city because that's where electric bikes go. Yeah, that's where they belong. That's an interesting choice. I, I, I haven't thought that much about it, and now I'm like, oh, I see what we're doing here. Because uh, yeah. I'm not going to realize that the battery meter is like literally just draining while I'm on the <laughs> Autobahn. Because we're going to just go around the city. Which is truthfully where this bike's going to live. Like that's the thing for me that kind of makes sense where it's like, this is a city bike. This isn't a, a canyon bike. This no. isn't a oh, yeah. travel long distance bike. Like I'm not going to go from Portland to Seattle on it. I'm going to rip around. Back roads. I'm going to rip around Portland. I'm going to stay like within my... I might have my destination have a DC fast charge kind right, of thing. Right. And then it's like it's just a there and back. But I'm not going to make like a huge thing out of it. Like you look at this bike, it's like there's basically no passenger seat. So it's perfect for America where people ride two to 3,000 miles a year. But you know, think about where you ride a Harley. Like, so, yeah, I know there's Harley Davidson riders that put down some serious miles and they do the freeway thing and they just they go yeah, to But even they are like one to 3% of the owner. But group. I think a lot of Harley Davidson riders are just like, I'm just getting around town. I'm just That's looking, it. I just want to look like a badass. I'm gonna throw on the, the back of my truck, take it to Sturgis, go yeah. to Main Street, and park yeah. it. And this thing's doing zero to sixty in three seconds. That's faster than any other Harley out there. Right zero now. to sixty in three seconds, sixty to eighty in one point nine. So you're going zero to eighty in, in about five seconds. All right. It's almost Tesla fast, but for like a fraction of the price. Yeah, I mean that's always been the case with bikes, though. Yeah, I mean for like a fraction, literally a fraction of a Ferrari. You can buy like a super bike yeah. that blows its doors off the. You can buy the most expensive Ducati right now. Still a fraction of it. Still a fraction. Yeah. Um, zero. I don't know about this. I, I want to go ride it. I think I'm with you. I think we're gonna have to go down yeah, to our local judgment. dealer and give it a ride. Do we know a rough date where a couple it comes weeks? Out? Couple weeks. Really? Yeah. We'll I'll be there with you. Weeks. Uh, I won't be there because I have to go on my. I will my go next ride trip. one. But when I get back, we'll do it. Okay. Um. So let me see. I, I do like that they have like a weird kind of, they're calling it the Cypher 3 operating system. That's kind of like a connected thing, which is, you know, I think that is where the technology is going. So well played there. Um, I don't know. I'm just, Zero is one of those brands. Zero burned me a long time ago. And that's, I think that's part of the hurdle is this is a company that, like, truthfully, they lied about a lot of specs or maybe lied's a, a strong word. Let's say they, <laughs> were enthusiastic about some of their specs that weren't as grounded in reality, but they would be like one of those brands like our bikes get uh, 200 miles to a charge. You're like, yeah, I remember this at 20 miles. Yeah. Day. Yeah. I'd like, I'd like 
sidewalk pace. Yeah, you know, in town in traffic if you don't go over 15 miles an hour they do. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and that's when like the that's truthfully what the MIC got on board was like, "Hey guys, yeah. we're going to start standardizing that range claim." Yeah. Because you're getting your shit out of it. You don't out get of to do it at optimal battery conditions yeah. basically, which is like the perfect weather at the yeah. perfect pace. Well, more importantly, just be like, rider. our range is 200 miles an hour or 200 miles. Yeah, 50 miles an hour. You get on the freeway, it is literally 20 miles. Yeah, you're dead. Um, a lot of the bikes, like I remember having a bike. I had a press bike for a while and it would have this. I would literally go on the same ride and at the exact same spot would have the same fault that turned the whole bike off. Oh, imagine being on a motorcycle going through a turn and the whole thing just turns off. Oh, yeah. Been there. Did it to me like four or five times. And so I finally got a bike bike back I'm like there's Done. something wrong with this machine <laughs> and they're like oh no that machine's fine we think you're just uh dragging the rear brake with your foot i'm going like listen first I'm of not all a, if you were I, i'm not an idiot like i know how to operate a motorcycle you have a whole like data logging thing you can look and see like my foot's not dragging on the rear brake like a moron and two like you were just about to say even if I was, yeah. so what? What's that, got, what's that got, as my wife would say, what's that got to do with the price tea in China? I love the vindication. Nine months later, they recall it for some sort of like software BMS issue that they realized. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, my rear foot was dragging. Whole nother. Internally, they called that recall operation Jensen Dragfoot. Yeah, seriously. It's like, come on. <laughs> but, you know, like they had like the bikes were so bad in the beginning and they get better every year. And that's really fair. They really are a lot better now. They're proper motorcycles now, but it's like, you're picking all these shitty components. The thing that chafes me now is they're still doing like, oh, we have our 14, it's our ZF 14.4 battery pack. Right. Well, 14.4 is the maximum theoretical battery size. Right. It's, it's 12.7, 12.6 nominal. I forget now. I got to get the specs in front of me. I've already closed that window. But it's, it's about, I think it's 12.6, 12.7 nominal. That's the real battery pack size. So it's like you're still like, we've got 14.4 like they won't say that that size as much anymore but they'll still brand it 14.4 like no it's 12.6 like you're 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 fudging the numbers like it's like you don't don't lie to me about it like like how disingenuous is that like hey you're gonna buy this motorcycle and i've already lied to you about it before you even bought it yeah you just sit there and like then there's like the whole like press side of it where like they've literally removed me from their press list three times it was just like, what are you doing? Like, what are you like? Seriously, like now, now they I'm like, only want positive now I'm like press. Completely, start saying nice things. Yeah, I'm completely banned from the brand now. So like, there's a little bit of that going on. But it's one of those things where it's like, if you guys make a really good bike, I'm gonna say it's a really good bike. It's like that's the thing. If you can convince me, then you know you've really done something, right? Because I'm gonna tell it to you straight. I'm not gonna get on it with these J1 brakes and say those are the best brakes I've ever. I've ever felt in my life, like some people are doing. Maybe they're the Which best total bullshit that, ever used on that their bike. That does you no service, Shane. Like, yeah. if someone says, like, hey, these brakes are great, well, you're going to hop on the bike and be like, these brakes are not great. Yeah. Who said these are great? Why? Again, maybe they're great for what Zero uses. Breaking down. This is the thing. Like, they, used, they used to use <laughs> They're the great sh- for not dragging through a corner. They used to use these budget tires from China that was, they were dangerous. Like, you were talking about your tires in the rain. These mm. were just like that, where it's like, I was. I remember being on the freeway doing the 580 interchange in the Bay Area, going through a puddle. Not not even the puddle. It was like just rain. It was just a rainy day. It was just a wet road. Did you just not and the whole feel thing? It? it was like being on an ice skating rink, and I'm going like 55, 65 miles an hour, and just feeling the entire bike just just skittle across the road as I go like two lanes wide. I'm just like I'm going over this overpass. <laughs> oh, I'm God. about to die because oh, no. nothing is hooking up here, and you're just like it's not like I was doing anything. It's not like I was leaned more than. 15 degrees or anything like that is this they're just shitty tires 
Now they got Pirelli's. You got real tires on there. Great. You start. You got show with suspension. You got real suspension on there. Great. You got J1 brakes. Mm. Better than what was on there than before. Better than bicycle brakes. They're not Nissans. They're not Tokikos. They're not Brembos. But maybe, maybe next year. I don't maybe, know. Maybe. They're getting there. They're getting there really slowly. I just don't know if the brand's around long enough for them to actually get there. Because if this is what they're pinning their hopes and dreams on. Maybe their s- parent company th- is going to just keep feeding them. They fed them $300 million already. You know. And the, that's the best part. They, they launched this bike and they're, they're telling all, the, my, all my colleagues, like, the, like, we've spent $300 million to get here. And I'm like, are you out of your goddamn mind? Uh. Alta had $60 million invested in them. Harley, like I don't think Harley has more than a hundred million invested in this live wire, and I and I would bet dollars to donuts it's less. And you sit there with your, like your three hundred million, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. So, it's well, great let's hope the bike comes out and we get to ride it and uh, see what we have to say. I'm more I'm more enthused about you and I riding that Energica at the track. I am super enthused about. I am almost as enthused about that as I am about riding on the back of that going with. Oh, the going's gonna be fun. That's gonna be the best time uh, ever. It's got the heated seat. I am so excited for the. Oh, ooh, speaking of which, when are you gonna start operation going for a month? Well, I'm about to go on the road for so I can do this. I do this side by side launch, which is silly. <laughs> and I come back for a couple days, and then I go for three weeks to Europe. I'm gonna be at the. Uh, Moto Guzzi V85 TT. Nice. That's the the new adventure bike that looks yep. like it's from McDonald's. I kind of like it. I'm actually pretty stoked on that one. I know. Colors, color scheme. I like flashy things, so that one's very flashy. Yeah, that's very you. <clears throat> I don't hate it. It's growing on me. It's a good looking bike. Like, if that bike was in like a matte black. Ooh. Murdered out oh, Gucci yeah. with some gold wheels on yeah. it. Gold wheels. Yeah, yeah. gold wheels. Yeah. I just keep bringing on the messages. I love them so much. Yeah, that that could get me going. Um, so, Rotobox now has a gold wheel. So that's in Sardinia. Then I go to Magello. Where I'm going to ride the Aprilia RSV4 1100. Yes. That's going to be rad. Riding that bike at Magello is going to be rad. That's cool. Doing a little. I see that. Rock and roller yeah. horns. Um, and then I go to Lisbon for the Husqvarna Svartpilen 701. Ooh. And so that'll be interesting to ride that. And then I come home finally. The Svartpilen's the, the more sporty looking one, I think, right? The Svartpilen is the more street tracker looking one. Yeah, yeah. If that's more sporty. That, I do not think the bike is more sporty than the Vitpilen. Uh, the Vitpilen looks more like a roadster to me. Yes. I would say the Vitpilen's a roadster. See, I've learned yeah. something. Ah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I go back and forth on whether or not. Yeah, I guess it's the more scramblery street right, tracker. Right. Um, it's got the wire spoke wheels. It's got the Pirelli. I think it's the Pirelli. Uh, what do they call it? MT60 tire. The one. It's the same kind of like block tire that the scrambler has. Oh, like the scrambler. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I might be wrong on what tires fitted to it, but that's what's in my head. Um. So yeah, that's gonna be a thing. We're gonna have to figure out how we're gonna podcast. Through all of this, I think we're gonna have to like phone it in or something. Little little long distance podcast. Yeah. We'll do one more, I think, with you and I here. Yep. Uh, probably this weekend. I don't know. Maybe we do what we did last time, where we knock a couple out. Oh yeah. Well, we definitely could do that, but I don't think we're gonna get through three weeks on that. No. And there's a lot of news that's gonna happen in that time. Yeah. I will tell you this, dear listeners. I'll make you this promise: if we go through a week where we're not gonna get a rap talk out. I will at least release a motor podcast because I've been falling behind on those. Nice. And I think I want to make that the new thing. If because ours goes, you've been so busy and I am super busy. Yeah. So it doesn't always work out for us. So I've got a pretty good backlog of those. I think I can at least get those out to like 
tide people over. Listen, we, we, we love doing this. I look so forward to doing this that right now at midnight on a Monday. Oh, my God. It is totally midnight. Yeah, and I have to go to work tomorrow morning. Dude, I'm but so sorry. I, no, no. My point is so I enjoy sorry. doing this. I, I like doing this. No one twisted my arm to do this. I'm going to be annoyed when I have to get up and go to work no, tomorrow. No, no. But that has nothing to do with how long I stayed up. Like I could have gone to bed at 9 o'clock tonight. I'd still be annoyed tomorrow to I go did, to work. I did feel bad because you, you just moved. You just turned 40. You had a lot going on today. And I, just an old man. Everything hurts for no reason now. You were a total peach and came over and recorded. And I'm like <laughs> super jet lag. So I'm like, well, this is That's 9 a.m. for like me. It's 6, 6 p.m. right now. I mean, my body doesn't even know what time it is. <laughs> I, I had the craziest flights back. They were brutal. We got delayed. I got two Instagram followers out of it, though. Nice. That's, and that's the two just very sweet ladies. One was like 80 years old. Sure. Are they following Asphalt and Rubber or you're Jensen Yosef? No, 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 no. Jensen Yosef because they're, they're just in it for <laughs> like the Like, follow cat me pictures. here. You'll see pictures of my cute cat. Yeah, that was literally how I pitched it to them. <laughs> Millie, she's like 80 years old. Just a little grandma going to Phoenix for getting out of the cold New York weather. Nice. Just a little doll. Borrowed my headphones. Nice. Totally. I'm like, I'm like, Millie, you got to get these wireless ones. They're going to change your life. <laughs> going to change your life. You're going to rock your world. And then just, um, yeah, some random lady on the flight to Portland who lives like just down the, down the street. She's like in Oregon City. She didn't even know she was sitting next to a motorcycle influencer type. Oh, they never know because no one cares. Did I tell you I'm using hashtag funfluencer? Funfluencer? Funfluencer. Instead of influencer. Like, I want to influence people to go have fun, not just fucking yeah. like, who am I to influence anyone? Curator of fun. The funfluencer. Funfluencer. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. I'm on board with it. You guys should hashtag funfluencer. I'm going to look it up on the Brap Talk stuff so I can tag you. Ooh, yeah. There we yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Where do, do people follow us, Jensen? Oh, that's a good point. We should start plugging things. I know! <laughs> We're not very good at this at all. Uh, toot our own horns, man. At Brap Talk on the Instagrams. Yep. At we Brap Talk on the Twitters. Yep. Brap Talk Motorcycle Podcast on Facebook. Yep. You can find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, um, Podbean. Just about anything that does podcasts. We got to figure out the Spotify thing. I got That's something I got to sit down and do. Um, that way you can listen to it at home on your Sonos system. On your Sonos. That's, that's a big, I got Sonos. You got Sonos. I do. Everyone's, everyone, Sonos is rad. We should get sponsored by Sonos. But Sonos, we know a guy that we works know. at Sonos. I, yeah, we do. Yeah. He's probably listening right now going like, nope. Do the nope. thing, man. Listen, I know we went to school. Both of us together. have your systems in our houses. Like, I think nope. everybody should have one. You can he listen live to with me. me. He lived with me. He knows better. He owes he's, you probably no for some reason. No, he's probably like no. You no. probably owe him. For yeah, some he's like he's like. Listen, I put up with your ass for like two years. No fucking way. You're an idiot. I'm sure he came to my house and drank a couple of my beers. I mean, oh, that's true. You got him on that. Yeah. Yeah. Take that. Um, I did like the other day. My mom was. When I was flying, she's like, safe travels, honey. Aww. Be safe. And I was like, safety third. <gasps> I want Mama B to start telling people safety third. I don't think Mama B is on board with safety third. Come on. I think Mama safety B is like third safety is one, two, and three. By the way, I've made the safety third stickers. Oh. And I have, I have, ooh, maybe we can do this. Are these on like your Etsy page? What are you doing? No, no, I'm, I'm just giving them to people. Okay. Um, so I've made four safety third leather patches. One of them is going to go on my, my Danese jacket that I wrecked in. But I have three left. So how do we give three away to our listeners? Oh, we got to make them work for it. Yeah. Because if there's only three, three Shaheen originals. Yeah, three Shaheen. They look like Band-Aids. I don't know. We're going to have to think about a contest And it or says something. safety third on there. Yeah, we're going to think of a contest. I will give out like candy, Brap Talks stickers. Yeah. 
we gotta get we gotta we're pretty close to getting some swag for you guys so we'll get that out and then and then you can really spread the the his noodly his noodlinesses word <laughs> on the good on the good brat my al dente tastiness yeah yeah <laughs> may, may your marinara be be spicy that's a spicy meatball yeah yeah it's good things percolating i like it i like Before it too I, let's get you home sir all right thanks for listening to us good talk i'll see you out there you know what i say safety third all right bye bye man do i let coda out she's just down there pounding on it it's very windy you might be hearing the wind no it's definitely her oh um she doesn't like closed doors especially if she can hear us oh she's got she's got as my wife calls it fomo yo she definitely has fomo i have fomo i get made fun for it all time i have horrible fomo